What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me, I am your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is February 19th, 2022. Should I have shaved before recording? Absolutely, but there's nothing we can do about it now. I just am wearing my second turtleneck. Uh, <laughs> guys, big news this week. I had a dream about this podcast that I got 50 Cent on the podcast and I got to interview him. He hated every moment of it. I will quote from my dream, would you just shut up? Oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, guys, we have a very special guest today. We have um, the only other comedian in the city uh, who is friends with Anne Hathaway. Uh. <laughs> the other of which having already been on this podcast. But everyone, please give it up right now for Aaron Avalok Clevins. Hello, listeners. <laughs> That's right. The only we don't allow Anne to have any other comedian friends. Sorry, Annie. Um, <laughs> Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Very manipulative. She understands. That's part of our relationship. She signed a contract. She knows what she got into. <laughs> I I love that that the whole thing about the mic. Anne Hathaway. Annie. Anne Hath. Annie Hathaway. I mean, the name is Anne Hathaway presents, but. I don't know if you heard that, like, she did an interview, like, sometime last year after we had already been named Anne Hathaway Presents for a year. She was like, don't call me Anne. She was like, I don't want to be called Anne. And yet, her credits in every movie, or IMDb, her Wikipedia, like, everywhere, it's still Anne Hathaway. She, like, she didn't officially change her stage name. But she's like, do not refer to me as Anne. You can call me Annie. Oh, my but, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the gift that keeps giving. You guys having me, <laughs> your mic and your show called Anne Hathaway Presents. Like, I, the highlight is always just like, okay, what what is the riff this time? It's been like uh, two years, two or more yeah. years. <laughs> can you can you imagine all the excuses she's given us over the years for not showing up? Can you imagine? I really appreciate the the show at QED you guys did where you did a whole. She's just behind the curtain, but uh -huh, she's shy. <laughs> but she's shy. She is shy. I mean, there's no one has ever seen her do stand up. But she's done it, and she wasn't feeling ready that night to come out. <laughs> she was this shy little Annie. It's like, it, it truly reminded me of, like, the old days of uh, me and Boy Scout camp watching, like, camp skits. Oh, my gosh. You were Boy Scout? <laughs> yeah, I made it to Wee Below. <laughs> I was an eagle. Or I you were an eagle I scout? I technically, it's supposed to be a for life thing. You are an eagle scout? I am an eagle scout. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, I don't know if they still call it that. They rebranded and everything. And I only found out recently it was because of, like, a... I think a pedophilia lawsuit. Ooh, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they were like, we're the scouts and we're non-binary now and you can't cancel us. <laughs> it seems to be the vibe. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious about this. So in your uh, in your scout experience, uh -huh. were, was yours through a church or was it through like your school? No, it wasn't through a church. Um, well, we met at a church, but it wasn't through my school either. I think it was just like a local thing. Okay, I think it was kind of similar to I used to be on a, a like a crew team, like a rowing team in Whoa. high school, only for like a couple of years. But it wasn't associated with any one school. It was just sort of like people in the area could sign up. I think mm. my Boy Scout troop was like that. Okay, because I've always wondered how that works. Because I like when I was a kid. Like up until we got the uh, the brown shirts, you know, uh -huh. that was like always at my school. And then when we got the brown shirts, it was at some church. We transitioned too. I think we okay. did go from school to church. Mm. I think that's the pipeline. The pipeline. pipeline. School to church to Scoutmaster's bedroom. Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> wow. No, it's uh, you know, it's crazy. Is the uh, the Boy Scouts? They have like a a database of all of 
like the uh, bad stuff that's ever happened. They do. Every scoutmaster that's ever like done this, they oh have a God. database of like the complaints and lawsuits. However, when you become a scoutmaster, they don't reference that database, so people can become scoutmasters, cause problems, get excommunicated from their communities, go to a different state or something, and then just become a scoutmaster. Isn't there. that like what the Catholic Church does? Basically. That's what I've heard. I didn't know this much. Literally, like, the the thing I heard about the scouts, it was all just from a podcast. Like, I did not verify this information anywhere. But I was like, that sounds that sounds correct. <laughs> not speaking from personal experience. Yeah. I want to make that clear. But, you know. It's crazy. What was your, what was your Eagle project? I, um, like, sort of got a lot of books from this library that they weren't using my local library. And I built like a bookshelf for a homeless shelter in the area. And I basically got them a lot of books and a bookshelf. Uh, and then I guess I like collected books from like the area as well. It wasn't just from the library. And, That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, I think some people did like harder things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, <laughs> what did people in your two, do you remember like what they did? I, okay. The only one I know of um, was my college friend Trevor. Because I like I didn't because I only made it to Weebelow and then nobody I knew kept going in the scouts. Yeah, and I then, was a rare case for sure. Like no one no it, one goes all the way. It's so few. <laughs> I feel like when I was even when I was like Weebelow and you you'd meet an Eagle Scout. It was like, what? Like there's a fucking 18 year old in that uniform. <laughs> I, I, it is kind of crazy. It is when you think about it. But um. But, like, yeah, I had a friend who made a uh, bus stop bench out of concrete in, like, his area. That's like, cool. Which was cool, but it was it was kind of funny because when we were talking about it, he said that, like, basically he did this as his Eagle project. And then, like, several years later, the city got funding to put in benches at the bus stops. So they, oh, <laughs> they ripped it out. <laughs> I got to be honest, to this day, like... I like it was very like I I obviously like had conversations with the shelter and they were very much like so it's okay if like you know people like you know take the books when they go and stuff and I was like yeah of course so to this day I wonder like I wonder if there's any like books left like has anyone been keeping that up and like putting the books back like if anything (laughs) maybe that should be my responsibility but I don't know that's like a lifelong commitment at 18 to make sure the books are still I know right it's supposed to be for life Oh my gosh! It'd be it'd be funny if you went back to the homeless shelter and they were just using it to like dry shoes or something. I mean, hey, <laughs> if they're using it, I mean that's still that's still good. Did that you still just counts for something? Did you just collect books or did you curate what the books were? No, I didn't curate the None. books. Maybe I should have curated. I don't know, but I'm like I don't I don't know what they want to read. Like every everyone's different. Like everyone that likes a different true. kind of book. Like I guess I could have done an extra step of surveying everyone who's there, but you know the idea behind it is that. Also, a lot of them don't really let you stay there forever, and that's sort of a downside to those. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, I that would have been hard to do, and it's always changing who's in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a good thing, though. I think that's a net positive for the community. I hope so. I really wonder what's going on at the. I think I believe it was in Stanford, Connecticut, which is. Are you from Connecticut? Yeah, I am. I okay. was born in um, Stanford, but just Stanford mm. Hospital. I didn't. I didn't live in Stanford. Okay. Um, I lived in Wilton, which is right next door to Chris Schur and where she grew up. Okay. Um, and not not too far from Matt Albino as well, from where he grew up. Don't know him, but you know. You don't know Matt Albino? I don't think so. No. Oh my God! Come to our show on Wednesday. He's in it. <laughs> oh, Wednesday? What time is your show on Nine. Wednesday? Oh shit! I can't. No, that's okay. I'm sorry. There'll be other shows. <laughs> But the next time you see a lineup with Matt, 
you don't you don't want to miss it. He's okay, good. Really, know. really unique, really funny. Um, and you, know who's also <laughs> really unique and really funny, <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I stalked because I heard a sound underneath. I don't know if it's gonna be picked up on the mic, but I feel like it's pickles like fooling around. Uh, he'll definitely come in and fool around. He's out there licking himself outside the door right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> he better. So, uh, comedy for you. When did you first get into comedy? Because I feel like I feel like going from a community leader as an Eagle Scout to open mic host is kind of a. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Not, honestly, I feel like more. Okay, I don't want to define myself as like a leader, but when you're hosting, like it is, it is a sort of leadership position, mm-hmm. and that's sort of more authority than I ever had as a Boy Scout. I don't know how they let me be Eagle because I never really held like a real leadership role, and I know that's like important. <laughs> but I don't know. I think I just charmed the interviewers, and they were like, "Oh, you're fine. You didn't really, ha- 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 you didn't really do it. She didn't do that much, but." Whatever you 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 committed and you never left, so you can you can have your eagle. But yeah, I yeah. feel more like in a leadership role hosting than I ever did in the Boys Cast, and that's because I mean I didn't I didn't really run for any like high up positions there. Yeah, um, I but, feel like if you make it to the point where you're applying for eagle, they're not not gonna give it to you. Because what is that yeah. like? There's like yeah, it's like what have you been doing for like <laughs> what? How long do people do it? Yeah, for so. twelve years. <laughs> God, that would be so sad. I want to look up like how often that happens, but uh, not not to get you. <laughs> Honestly, I did Eagle because, and I'll I'll talk about my journey with comedy. I Perfect. Promise. But um, that's all good. I, I stayed and did Eagle because my parents just told me forever that like you need like a lot of extracurriculars from college or for to get into like a college or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for so long. It's like, well, like why quit now? But honestly. I think I would have gotten to the school I got into. Like it, it's a, it was a decent school, but like I think I would have gone into it like without the eagle. Like I don't mm, think I needed yeah. it in the end. But that's okay. I know we have life stories we can tell like right now. What school did you go to? I went to Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Do you know it? What a name. I know. It's kind I of an know. ugly name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Muhlenberg Mules. Mule M Berg. Mule N Berg. Mule Muhlenberg. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a it's not a very it's not pleasing to the ears, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like what is that? What is that food that's like mm, oh, you were talking about Anne Hathaway presents a while back, maybe. On the Zoom one, it was like it's like mucus. It's like mule, muley. It's like some, I don't know. Someone, what are you getting at? Are so, you getting at a word? No, yeah. Someone was talking about like they're like eating this breakfast food that's uh-huh. like this like algae or like a plant that you warm up. It's like mulem, mlim. I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing I a blank. I have here. no idea, but my memory is infamously bad. So I don't doubt that whatever you're saying happened. I just have no recollection of this very bizarre thing. It might have been a different Zoom mic. But I don't That's know. Okay. Yours, yours was the only Zoom mic I ever attended. Really? Regularly. regularly. Because... Yeah, I mean, you were a regular, chill. and we really appreciated that. Um, it, it was nice. It was good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, we, I mean, it was a Zoom mic. Yeah, it we, was what it was. <laughs> yeah. It had its ups and downs. Sometimes there were ups, mm-hmm. but like, you know. I think uh, I was listening to one of your other episodes recently. I mentioned, I told you earlier, and... I think you mentioned in one of them, like, oh, a Zoom mic is, is, is all cool and fun if there's, like, no other options, because I'll just, like, scroll through Reddit while the comics are doing their set. And I'm like, so that's what he was doing. <laughs> I mean, not going to lie. Like, of course I have another tab open. I don't. I mean, I don't. And you're the community leader. <laughs> and I'm the community leader. I don't. I mean, I don't always, like, look at it, but 
I don't know. I get distracted. I have ADD. Yeah. But to get fair. back to your question, yeah. my, my journey with comedy. Um, so when did you first get in, like, into comedy? Not like performing, but like when did when were you introduced uh, to comedy as like mm, a thing? Uh, when I was Boy Scout camp skits. <laughs> Boy Scout. Well, actually, <laughs> I was obs- okay. So this wasn't gonna be my answer. This wasn't really my introduction to like stand up, but okay. I also. Would you okay? Do you remember the Potter Puppet Pals? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Of course, everyone knows the classic, the yeah. mysterious ticking noise. Yep. I mean, those were kind of like sketches, mm. and I watched. They had a lot of episodes. I watched all of them. I became obsessed. I saw them live. I made my replicas of each of the puppets, and I went to scout camp. I would like perform Potter Puppet Pals episodes that I memorized. Did all the impressions. I would do it at people, like without them asking me. I'd be like <laughs> Dumbledore with my puppet. Uh huh. So, oh <laughs> so um, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's funny to say without them asking me. I, I was probably like, do you want to see it? Do you want to see me do it? And they were all like, okay. Do you okay. still have the puppets? Okay, I say I made puppets. I like printed out mm. papers and glued them to popsicle sticks, but they were printouts of the puppets. This is hilarious because. I feel like if you in like a if you actually got on stage and did one of those sets just for five minutes do the puppets like that's like a such a millennial deep cut. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Yeah, I feel like Gen Z doesn't know Powder Puff Pals, which no. is a shame. That wasn't going to be my answer, but like as I think about it now, I mean, like that is sort of like it's comedic, like mm-hmm. the episodes, like. Um, but also, like, way back to when my sister and I were kids, like, we would do puppet shows for, like, our family. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I've always been interested in, like, performing. But in terms of, like, stand-up, stand-up, I want to say somewhere between 7th and 8th grade, probably. Mm-hmm. I My first comic that I, like, really listened to and was interested in doing, I'd seen some comedy before, but I was not interested, was Kathy Griffin. Okay. Um, uh, Interesting choice. Yeah. I feel like you wouldn't expect that from me. I, w- I wouldn't expect that from anybody. <laughs> really? Well, okay. So I honestly, I would watch. Um, that's shady. Um, I mean, to, to be real now, like no shade to Kathy Griffin. I, I don't necessarily remember what all of her actual like jokes were now. Yeah. Um, but her specials were always airing on Bravo. And Bravo was like kind of the only like queer adjacent channel that I had. So I would like watch Bravo when I was like, because I came out in seventh grade. And even before then, I was like. I, you know, I guess figuring that stuff out and like what I was into and if that was considered like queer or not. I mean, mm-hmm. queer isn't even the language we used back then, but like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, Kathy Griffin felt like every gay's best friend and mm. she did make me laugh and she did a lot of like honestly celebrity gossip and that's what I was interested in. But then through her, I discovered um, Margaret Cho, mm-hmm. who I think a lot of her material probably stayed with me more and I would say she was probably. A little bit, um, I guess, maybe slightly more out of the box in her comedy than Kathy Griffin. But I admire them both so much. Mm-hmm. They're like, I would say the comics I listen to more consistently now are like probably different from them. But that mm-hmm. was the only first like, oh, this is really cool. And I did start to branch out from there and learn about like more standups. I mean, honestly, pretty much exclusively through YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I, yeah, how much longer it took to see like an in-person standup show after that. But that was like my first like, oh, standup yeah. comedy. I've never thought about this before, and I've never been interested in any standup mm-hmm. I've seen before. I feel like I feel like we're from the age where it's like you would catch some, you would like 
accidentally watch like a 30 minute special on like on demand on the TV and then you would just Google that person's name uh-huh. and you just go to YouTube and just click all the recommended that is, sets. That is exactly yep. what I did. <laughs> that is exactly what I did. And then I think through them, I discovered Eddie Izzard next, who is very different from the both of them. Yeah. And it was a lot of like historical comedy. Mm -hmm. But of course, there was like, oh, this is another like gender nonconforming person. Of course, like I was attracted to that as well. And I think the YouTube algorithm started being like, oh, you like these like, you know, not sort of like, I guess... Um, You're not getting Dane Cook recommendations. I'm not exactly. (laughs) Although I did watch, you know, I did... I, I did I learned about a lot of people. Um mm-hmm. but I it wasn't for a long time that I was actually like, oh, I'm gonna do stand up. I just have like an interest in it. Yeah. I, I feel like that's most people are like watching stand up through high school and then yeah. sometime like college or a little after college kinda get the the bug to do it, you know? Yes. So I, I wish I'd done it earlier though, to be yeah. honest. I feel like a lot of people would probably agree with how you do comedy now. Mm-hmm. The the com- when you meet a comedian who's like eighteen and they they are like in it for more than a year, you're like like when you see them around consistently, I'm like, oh, man, it's only like you only are investing in yourself so early. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There there's a um I don't know if she's like eighteen or nineteen, but there's like a like a teenager who goes to our mic a lot, and every time I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool that you feel because she's like in college and mm-hmm. she just came to New York, and I was like, wow, I could not imagine feeling honestly that brave to do stand up, even though like I'd done a lot of theater, like stand up felt like another thing entirely. Like to I didn't have the confidence to like write stuff for myself that mm-hmm. I could feel like is worthy of putting out there. Yeah. And I honestly, all it would have taken is just to do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel, feel like I would have been fine. Yeah. I also, but also like at that age, at 19, I feel like that's a tough age to like, because what, like if people start knowing you when you're doing stand up at 19, you start getting your name out there a little bit, just even to the local community, you're, it's like, it's like Jaden Smith shit. It's like bad kid tweets. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You might be right about that. I, I guess it really depends on, on the person and like how, honestly good their stand-up is <laughs> yeah. like right up there and if they feel like they have like their point of view and stuff I mean, right, right i mean that's something i feel like i'm figuring out mm-hmm. like now still like 27 i'm always like you know what is my point of view as an artist that's tough. <laughs> it is but like yeah i mean maybe it would have been bad if i started 18 i don't know but mm-hmm. i guess 24 i i i think i was 24 23 i started 2019 in january I don't want to do the math. I feel okay. like I was 24. <laughs> okay. I was 24 when I started as well. Okay. So I, I started in like August 2018. Okay. So we're not too far from each other not, then in terms no. of when we started. Just like it took a long time for me to meet you though. I don't think I met you until Zoom. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, well, pre-pandemic, I was doing a lot of stuff in like, I think I would just go to like the Lantern. I would go to this place called Buka a lot. That's where I met Lee and a couple other my friends. Yes. And then... Those two, and then like occasionally, like the creek in the cave. Maybe like I used once to go there a lot, actually. Really, because I used to live in Queens, and there wasn't a lot in Queens. And I, I like the location. I feel like it got a bad rep. Sorry if the creek in the cave is listening, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I always like I didn't always have a bad set there. I felt like it was fine, and I thought the space was cool. 
I usually had like a really good set there. It was just that I would be at the end of the list all the time. Oh, yeah. That was this one mic I went to a lot where it was really late. But I didn't know about a lot of mics. And it went really late. And I had a lot of people. And I would always be like, I literally be, I don't think I do this anymore or know of any mics that go this late. But I, I would be there at like 11.45 p.m. and I haven't gone up yet. And I don't see as many. Maybe I'm just not going to those. There are some that start really late, and I don't tend to do those. No, never. Yeah, <laughs> like my my like my ideal is like going to a either a five thirty or a seven p.m. mic, and then like doing that mic, and then maybe go to a show afterward yes. or do something else or just chill yeah, out. Like totally. the The days of uh, not getting back until two from Queens are long behind me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm too old. Too old. I forgot my age. Am I 27? I think I'm 27. <laughs> I'm sorry, you ever forget your age? I'm pretty sure I'm 27. <laughs> I feel like I've been, in my head, I've been 23 this whole time, but I'm like going to be 28 this year, and that's like, ooh. And there's also part of me that's like, I've been 30 for four years as well. Like, right after I turned 26, I was like, I'm 30, man. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm so old. That's Okay. It happens. It's all right. It happens. <laughs> so what? So you you've done theater. You did theater yeah, prior. Yeah, that to was my, I guess, introduction to performing. I mean, I think which helped sort of the comfort of getting on stage and everything. But honestly, to me, it felt like a whole different comfort zone of like saying rehearse lines mm-hmm. as opposed to you're premiering what you've written. It still right. feels like a different beast, but I'm sure the comfort with like being on stage was like a helpful start to that. Did you did you do improv? before stand up? I had done some improv but not enough to be like I'm an improv guy and it was so inconsistently mm-hmm. like I literally took an improv class at 15 so before I did stand up and that was the first time I did like a performance and it was it was funny because it was with like adults and I was like a 15 year old <laughs> um, I remember like that we played like different games and there was one game that we did where um, if someone said a word I get, I forget how it works. Someone would have to leave, and someone said "fish," and that was my word to like leave. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I just like wasn't fully paying attention, or if I missed the word, but I didn't leave. And the audience started like yelling at me, "Fish, fish!" Like you're supposed to get off. Meanwhile, I'm like someone who's performing improv on stage for the first. <laughs> but then my other one was like one of the ones where you like talk at the same time as the other person, and that mm-hmm. went really well. And I feel like my relationship with improv since then, and I've taken a couple of more classes, has always been that it was like. Like very like inconsistent either really good or really bad and, mm. I, and i'm not so i feel like that felt scary to me and i haven't done it in a long time mm. but i've seen it a few times okay and i really i really admire it improv gets a bad rep but because i i usually what i find is that it's like the theater people get into stand up through the improv gateway that's like the i guess you kind of could i mean i guess i did do theater first and then i did some improv like on and off for years Mm -hmm. and then later i did stand up so i guess you could say that in a way maybe Mm -hmm. that is true did you meet uh gabby through improv no uh... i met gabby from stand up okay 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 but it was at the pit okay that's why i'm getting mixed up because because they do a lot of improv. It's the imp- did people's R&P. improv theater. Oh, you're <laughs> right. The That's what it stands for. <laughs> yeah, I never got to see improv there, which sucks. I um, and you know, you know Annie from theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, she heard that we were actually doing um, 
an open mic and she was like, Oh, I've heard of these comedians. I want to do an open mic. I'm going to reach out to them. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and through theater, uh, she found, she found out about us cause she saw me in my, um, my junior year in high school production of, um, Oliver, mm. where I played Mr. Sourberry. And she said, that's a star. And then she like kept dips on me. And then she, she heard through the grapevine. Like Gabby and I were starting open mic and she was like, I need to reach out to them. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's dude. I know I, I, I've definitely said this at Anne Hathaway presents, but I, I, I might've mentioned on the podcast, but when I, when before the pandemic, when someone told me they're like, yeah, there's a mic that Anne Hathaway runs in Manhattan. And I was like, what? And I, <laughs> I believed it for like oh. months because I was like, it's New York city. Anything can happen. I mean, <laughs> you're not the first person and you won't be the last um, <laughs> to believe the truth that she is our co-host. Yeah. But yeah, we would get a lot of emails because we started our mic at the pit. And mm. it was because um, the pit is where I took my first stand-up class. And yeah. I said, I think it was I think it was 2019. Yeah, January. It was as sort of like a bucket list thing. Mm. And through my familiarity with the pit, I like reached out to them and I was like, oh, uh, I was scared of hosting. But I was mm-hmm. like, if you ever need a host, I feel like that was the next thing I should like try out. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually got an opportunity to do so at the pit. And I was like, I don't want to do this alone. And meanwhile, I had met Gabby like a couple of times, but I didn't mm-hmm. have any like friends in stand up really. Mm-hmm. And I was only performing in Manhattan. I didn't meet a lot of like queer people. Not that I couldn't be friends with like not queer people, but I don't know. I'm afraid of straight people sometimes, if I'm going to be real. They, I mean, and they those, don't always reach out to me either. So. Those Manhattan mics, too? Yeah. Brutal. It, it's a different... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gabby's been trying to convince me to do more Manhattan mics. I haven't done a ton in so long. I, I kind of just stay in Brooklyn now. I mean, she's right. I should get out of my comfort zone. But, like, I mean, the stereotypes can be true. Like they you know, are people, it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard for me to make friends. I, mm-hmm. I did stand up for probably about seven months. Like, I had, like, one person they kind of knew, and I kind of knew the people from my stand-up class, but they didn't really do it very consistently or mm-hmm. very often. So. Right. Um, so, yeah, Gabby was someone that I had met, I think, the second time I was in person with her. Oh, wow. We connected at a pit open mic, and then I saw her months later, and it was after I got the offer to host, and I was afraid to host together, because I, mm-hmm. my, I mean, by myself, because I never hosted so I asked this person I like barely knew. I was like, I don't, I don't really know many people. Can you do this with me? And she said, yeah. And then the friendship kind of came from there. Amazing. It's it's definitely worked out. It did work out. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. But I, I and like... Annie's so good to work with too, even if yeah. she's like inconsistent. Mm-hmm. She does so much behind the scenes, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. At least at least <laughs> she you know organize. She collects the list of names and does the randomization. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Payment and all yeah, that. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's a free mic if anyone's listening. <laughs> but she collects payment uh, from in laughter. Mm, the residuals. The residuals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I. It's that time. Is I remember that being such a hard time, like pre-pandemic New York City, like starting out in comedy here. Like it took me forever to make friends, and I feel yeah. like so many people, like like even with like Gabby, right? You see her twice, and then you uh-huh. see her a third time months later. Uh huh. There's so many other people that you've seen from between those two points that have just never shown up again. Like yeah. you just don't. You would never see these people and then be like, "All right, who do I actually know?" You know? Yeah. It's so kind of funny as a stand-up because I feel like I tend to forget that a lot of people come and go. And every mm-hmm. once in a while, I'll realize, huh, 
I haven't seen this person in five months. Where are they? <laughs> yeah. And either they like moved if they're like not doing stand up, or they could still be doing stand up and there's so many different places to do it and I just mm-hmm. haven't seen them. But yeah. It's an interesting way of living and being in a social scene. Yeah. Because <laughs> people kind of come and go and then some people are consistent and then yeah, it's it's strange. It's sometimes I'll get like a I'll see some of a post on like my Facebook or my Instagram from some comic that I like met twice like a year and a half ago at something, you know, like bumped into him two times. Oh, you're chill. Okay, we'll add each right. other and then just never again. And it's like, oh my God, you exist. <laughs> yeah. It's that is how how it is. Yeah. And I I think now it's cool, like well, now that we're in it, especially quote unquote post pandemic, is like I mean, could be taken away at any moment. Could be taken away at any moment. We saw the last few months. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. I think a lot of people felt that way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. yeah. But it, it's cool, like, being more established. I'm sure you get this, where it's just like, now we just know so many people. And we have so, so many, many friends. I wouldn't want to start over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so strange to see how... Not strange, but, like, I, I never would have expected when I started off like it being so much kind of about a social scene really mm-hmm. and it is yeah um and that's scary to me yeah. honestly i mean I, I i like like it but i don't know i get a lot of like social anxiety mm. so that part of it is like scary to me but i oh, recognize okay. that it's like important um it's extremely important <laughs> it is really important i gotta like i don't know i i do have a lot of friendships that i value but um i want to make more yeah i want to make more <laughs> And then those people disappear and they're like, I, I mean, just, just trying it. Bye. Ac- actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the when I started befriending Gabby, there's a lot of other people that I befriended around the same time. And a lot of them either don't do stand up anymore or moved or just do it like very inconsistently. So I didn't see I don't see them as much. So now I'm in I ended up being in rooms with people, especially like when Mike started having person again. Mm-hmm. There were so many new comics or comics that had started like virtually. So I didn't know them in person yeah and i was like who are all these people the scene was completely different and i Mm. had i i feel like i had to meet a lot of new people and that was scary for me i feel like i like made my friends but it's always shifting Mm -hmm. so i kind of i the way i think about it is i think about it like high school like every year of high school there's like people who came and went and there's like some people are there the whole time and then like sometimes it's like oh my god senior year i met someone brand new and now we're like best friends just yeah i don't know anything can happen but it's cool. How long did you uh, hole up for for the pandemic? Did you did you come out during 2020? Did you do outdoor stuff? I did. Not as often as some other people. Mm-hmm. I did it pretty infrequently. I, I think for a few reasons. Like, I didn't know where my comfort level was mm-hmm. at first. And then it also, once I felt comfortable sort of, like, doing some outdoor stuff, um, I actually did... Uh, y- was it co-produce you and Lee, your show outside? Oh, yeah, you did, didn't I you? I bombed on that. <laughs> everybody did it's okay well i mean the sound like sort of like if anyone laughs it like sort of like travels out Mm -hmm. i mean some people did still did do well but i was rusty Mm -hmm. um but anyway um yeah but then it was it was partially sort of like a discomfort and then i realized it was like a like it was also like oh i'm not like used to this zoom stand up is like a different thing i've sort of gotten out of the habit Mm -hmm. and it can be hard for me to sort of get back into the habit so i had performed outside but not not to the same level of commitment some other people had mm-hmm. like i really think i did it like 10 or less times oh, wow. in, the, in the period in which people were doing like outdoor mics and shows mm. okay. so not a lot not yeah. a lot so then coming back out it, it's like yeah the, the landscape is 
so completely different. different. Yeah. yeah, I imagine if you were doing a lot of outdoor shows and stuff, you probably saw a more like gradual shift of like, oh, mm-hmm. look at this person that's new and that person who's like just moved here or yeah. whatever. I built my whole Rolodex in 2020. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I was home playing thousands of hours of video games. Animal Crossing. You have an Animal Anim- Crossing. I vibe. do have Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a huge gamer. I'm honestly really addicted. Really? Um, yeah. What, what What do you play? I play Switch, mm. which I feel like some people would frown upon as like you're not a real gamer. <laughs> but uh, my partner Joe mm-hmm. managed a few months ago for the holidays to somehow get a PlayStation 5, which I know is insanely hard to get. So I've been playing some of those games recently. Nice. And that's a whole new era of gaming for me. (laughs) As someone who's played Nintendo games in my whole life, I always knew people say about like the graphical Mm -hmm. differences. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's not to shit on Nintendo. I still love Nintendo games. I still play my Switch and everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like, Oh, I should be just doing. I should stop playing so many videos because we had so much downtime when no one was yeah. really going anywhere, and that's how we spend my time. Mm-hmm. I I like escapism. Yeah, sorry, I like to like get away, and I feel like I could have done more stand up. <laughs> that's okay. I will say, like prime, like peak lockdown, like when it was like March, April, May, and like early June. Yeah. I was I was going crazy on the video games. You were, yeah, we were we were twinning in that moment. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's like because before that I was just doing comedy all the time and like trying to make friends and meet people and like be present. And then when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh, finally a break. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it is my job now to stay home and do whatever I want with that time. Then I'm going to play video games 24 <laughs> 7 that's i mean that kind of yeah. is what i i mean not literally you know but like i spent a lot of time and i mean i was working from home too but every time i wasn't working mm-hmm. i was i was playing games pretty much yeah. for a long time yeah i i totally feel that yeah like, lee and i had uh we just started dating in that like december you did previous and so we had been like a non-pandemic couple for like what four months and during that time we we're just doing open mics and then when the pandemic started, it was like, whoa, we have time to watch a show together. Yeah. <laughs> I also relax. watched a lot of shows. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of a time when everyone was saying, like, just stay home and be lazy. I mean, lazy. Do what you do at home. Um, and I just took that and ran with it. I think a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. And I kind of loved that for a long time. I know a lot so of people great. didn't like it, but it was awesome. And I am an extrovert, so that part of me definitely wasn't being fulfilled. But the the parts of me that just wants to hang out all day, definitely being fulfilled. The only <laughs> like I felt really bad for like obviously like immunocompromised people, elderly people, yeah, people with kids. Thanks for I thanks understand. for bringing it into reality and like, we, but <laughs> like us like mid twenties childless people. Yeah. It was the life. Right. <laughs> it it's important to remember that that wasn't the same experience for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, for, thanks for bringing it in. And So, but rewinding a little bit here, what, was, what made you want to try stand-up? So what was your, your, you're doing like theater, you do some on-off improv and stuff. What, what gets you into stand-up? Um, so when I was a really young kid, like, you know how people always ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which is just mm-hmm. like a, 
I don't know. The more I think about the question, it's like, oh, what a capitalist mindset to inflict upon a very young child. Like, yeah. how are you going to to, to live? <laughs> <laughs> and I think the first answer I ever remember saying was like stand-up comedy. Like before yeah. I even saw stand-up and I was like a young kid. Huh. And I think it's because I just knew, I don't know, I guess I liked the feeling when people laughed at something I mm. said. I don't know what age I was, but that was like the first time I were answering. I think like, I don't know, coming into... 2019 oh actually i gotta rewind okay so my senior year of college this group had formed when i was abroad the semester before that was a stand-up group Mm -hmm. like a stand-up collective and they were really good honestly really good so when i came back from abroad and they had been formed i had a chance to audition before that they had a workshop where you could like a lot of people haven't really done stand-up before so before they would bring new people in if you wanted to you could help work through jokes and what stand-up is with them so i Mm. went to that session I was going to audition and do stand-up for the first time because, I don't know, I liked, I I mean, I just, comedy was just always, like, something that I thought was really cool in all forms. Um, And I like to laugh. What can Mm. I say? (laughs) I'm just a guy who likes to laugh. And, um, sorry, microphone. And, (laughs) and, um, I I was going to do, you would do a show with them. And from that show, they would decide like who gets to join, I guess. Okay. Um, And like my mom passed away, like, like, a, I think maybe a week or so before the show that I was like planning to do. And I didn't even have like a whole set worked out mm. yet, but like, yeah, I, I, got, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like, yeah, are yeah. you kidding? And that was like my one opportunity. So I think that since then I was like, oh, they really liked the stuff I was working out with them and we were having a lot of fun. It felt like fun to try and write. So I wanted to do a stand-up class finally mm. several years later. And, and, you know, as a literal bucket list New Year's resolution, I was like, I want to try stand-up. And I did the class. And the first time we had to present like actual prepared material, uh, like my stuff went like so well. Honestly, mm. I don't know if I would have kept doing it if, it, if I had like bombed. <laughs> but... It went really, really well. And I was like, well, I, it was crazy. Literally, I don't know if you can relate to this. Um, I don't know what your first time was like. It was all right. It was, it well, what about fine. the first time you like killed? Oh, it took a long time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. I'm sorry for asking. <laughs> I will say I will say that I, I did stand up probably seven years before I actually really? started stand up. Just once. What does that mean? Like you, that's Gabby's answer to this too. It's she's like technically did it years before she, but she's like I don't count that. I was like that does count. Like you were doing it. My my dorm hall had an open mic night as oh, wow. freshman year of college as like a like let's get to know each other type thing, and they like some some dude was doing stand up right. We're all college freshmen, so we all fucking every, all everyone's annoying and sucks. And some dude did a a joke about putting. Uh, icy hot on his balls and then jerking off and I remember just being like so fucking pissed off at that because I was like dude that's the shit we literally have been joking about for years like every dude and his friends joke about putting icy hot on their balls oh and, my God. and then you're I on stage doing never this never heard of this okay <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So I was like so annoyed at how hack it was. And then at the end of the mic, they were just like, all right, well, we got lots of time left. Does anyone else have anything they want to do? And I just said, okay. So I went up there and I just told the story of how my dog died. And it was. Sounds hilarious. Oh my God. I would be laughing. You'd be like, my dog passed away. And I'd be like, oh my God. Ah!" No, it it, it, it killed. It was. Did it it really? It killed. Okay. I love dark humor. And uh, it, (laughs) it, it is very sad, but it was very funny. 
And uh, so I did that, killed, and then didn't do it till I was like 24. But my one of my best friends, who was my roommate at the time, like a year and a half ago, found his old iPhone where he recorded that set on audio. Oh, wow. So I have the audio from it That's from like awesome. all that time ago. So yeah, but yeah, no, I and then I don't think I I got a laugh my tenth real open mic set, and it was just from a riff. And I don't think I killed for wow. It took a long time. I'm sorry, I can't relate. You can't relate. <laughs> Literally, the first time I had to prepare something for the class, it went so well. And because it was my first time doing real prepared stand up, I mean, for the first class, he didn't ask us to like bring anything in. But then he was like, "Oh, just go out there and like explore some ideas." And that was like whatever. Mm. But then when I came back with like stuff I had prepared the next week, it was like so euphoric. It was yeah. literally like literally my first time kind of really doing it. Mm. And even though it was in front of a class, I was like. Oh my god! What if I'm gonna do this like mm-hmm. forever? <laughs> I know that sounds yeah. crazy, but it felt like so good to like mm-hmm. to do so well like that, and I just kind of kept doing it from there. And I don't know. Yeah, I feel killing like killing your first time is gonna suck you in. <laughs> it also kind of feels like a like a drug thing. It's like mm-hmm. people always say this about comedies. You like you are chasing that high again, mm-hmm. and definitely. I mean. There was nothing like that, especially because I didn't know what to expect. Like I was like, I don't know if this is funny. Like mm-hmm. I'm just trying it out. I've never really done this. So. Yeah, and I guess it was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my my first time, I got some like chuckles. Like when uh-huh. my first real time, I just wrote a bunch of stuff out. It wasn't punchy enough or tight enough, but yeah, I got some chuckles here and there. And then I remember even after that set, it was like, well, I'm doing this as often as i can now like that it was just like i think just even just being yeah. on stage and doing that and getting like a little bit i was like this is going to be really yeah. good when i can actually get the laugh. yeah i sometimes wonder if it had gone differently if i would have kept doing it but i bet sort of same as that i bet even if i had gotten just a couple of chuckles that might have been enough for me i'm like oh my god i'm the funniest <laughs> thing maybe i would have felt that way even if it was just a little bit honestly it's I don't know. It it was kind of nice that it, if if I had crushed the first time, I He'd feel be a monster. I like feel me. like it would have gone to my head. It would have gone straight to my oh, head. Oh, it went to the. I mean, that's. <laughs> I didn't do an open mic until I think the day before we had our class show, mm-hmm. um, and that was the first time it was like, yeah. I mean, because outside of the content, you know, it's not the people you know watching you do mm-hmm. it anymore. And I was ready for that though. I like. I kind of knew it's like I don't know what to expect, and I I don't know. Even if I was like doing well, I I had like low expectations for myself because I was like new and like I don't know self esteem issues. Mm. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean I I learned, and I as I expected, like I mean you can't you can't kill all the time, and right? You, and you won't. You certainly will not, especially because I was doing only exclusively Manhattan mics that I knew about mm. um, for at least uh, half a year or more. And those old Manhattan mics. Uh, and you know my material. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's exactly in. I mean, I didn't bomb all the time. I certainly mm-hmm. did. I certainly did okay sometimes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It was okay. It, yeah. it wasn't terrible. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, but managing your expectations is a really important thing to do. Going yeah. from a class to an, a real open mic right, right, to right. the open mic scene. Exactly. Like, it's going to be harder. It's going to be yeah. weird. It's fine. <laughs> Because those old old Manhattan mics, let me tell you, your material, not nearly misogynistic enough. <laughs> not enough well, race baiting. <laughs> well, clearly you don't know all of my material. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
I have a secret, like, racist, sexist set that I only pull out in front of No. I saved this one for the grizzly pear. (laughs) (laughs) This is my grizzly pear hour. I have a whole second persona. It's like a shock jock. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny because I feel like once I stopped, like, once I kind of got away from Manhattan stuff and then, like, all the Brooklyn outdoor shit happened, I feel like all of the comedy I started intaking was so generally positive and pretty like nothing nothing that made me angry to like be at but then as soon as i start going to manhattan mics again i'd be like man i'm just as angry as i used to be oh wow <laughs> you just go to those dark quiet rooms where no one's paying attention and uh-huh. saying bad stuff uh-huh. i can think of one very specific place where a few months ago i was like let me let me you know just do one in manhattan just throw it in there five people one person absolutely nuts, like promoting QAnon at the mic, had like a mask with like a hole in it, I think, as a statement. <laughs> and we all just sat there like a room of five people, like waiting for his like seven minute set to be over. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, those are funny to talk about in retrospect. That's the one thing about those mics where the vibe is so off. It's kind of fun to tell people about it later. <laughs> Yeah, I was telling a, a newer comic about like the crazy people that used to come to open mics pre-pandemic, just because like you know open mics were just like some bar, and a crazy person would walk by, see an open mic happening, be like, "I'm just gonna come here every week now." Yeah, I don't want to name names, but you said you used to go to the Creek in the Cave a lot. Mm-hmm. There was this woman. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say her name, but mm-hmm. I guess if you know, you know. She like would tell jokes about, like, having sex with her son. You remember? And she wore, like, headphones all the time. And allegedly one time she, like, stripped naked there and they had to, like, ask her to stop. So you know all of this. Yeah. Shout out to her. If you know, you know. I heard about her for months. Had you ever seen her? And then when it finally happened, when when I finally saw her, and she got up there and started singing a song about her her ass. And she I remember that song. She was just shaking. And then she started taking her clothes off. Uh And it wasn't until then that it clicked. And I was like, it's her. The legends are true. The legends are. They certainly (laughs) are true. They I've never seen her get naked. I had seen her strip. Apparently, she got naked naked before. Um. Yeah, I wonder where she is today. And to this day, I wonder if she did have sex with her son. (laughs) Or if it was just like part of the... Dude, I... Hey, I applaud experimentation. Mm -hmm. But if like no one is laughing and everyone is just really uncomfortable and they don't know if your material is like true or not, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) that does sound kind of like um, Andy Kaufman vibes, but not quite. Not quite. It's definitely not. There's okay. Exe- execution. <laughs> no, in is terms very of important. execution is important, but in terms of people being like, is this real? Oh yeah. No, there's I don't know. I think some people pull that off better than others. Yeah. And I think if you have I don't think she pulled it off. Not at all. But she definitely <laughs> pulled something off. Yep. She pulled a lot of stuff off, but she didn't pull it. Yeah. No, and I was so I was telling this new comic and I, I literally told her about that person and uh-huh. like a couple or others one others that I had met. And this new comic, she goes, Man kind of a bummer that there aren't people like that as much anymore because i really wanted to see those people when i started comedy i'm like (laughs) okay i have no regrets i think it's funny to tell people especially who don't know about her and other people who you would see around like to tell people like you heard of this person i think that makes it worth it for me yeah i wonder where she is i really do i don't i mean if she's performing i guess it's just not where we are yeah she's somewhere she's somewhere i mean hopefully i had she's alive I had a, a dude who uh, was in prison for a while try uh-huh. to like uh, 
pick pick fights with me at an open oh, mic pre pandemic? Like as like, part of a bit or no, like oh just like God, this, i would be so scared to the point where this guy i like had a nightmare that he killed me one time and then <laughs> oh no they're like they're it's it's insane because i feel like just doing this comedy world and like going to like bars and stuff if you're a regular at any place the bar flies will like notice you uh-huh. and then you, it creates like weird drama where you, you meet people that you don't want to meet and suddenly yeah. they're entangled in your emotions and you're like, get the fuck oh, out of here. Gosh. I don't know. What a weird way to exist yeah. that we do. I know. <laughs> Literally at my own comedy show Tuesday, I got like, we've got this weird fucking drama with another guy who's doing something else in the space at the same time. Name, name. I, I i'm kidding you know what's the name but it's just like tell me off it just is one of those things where like one i want to go here and i want to have a comedy show and two i don't want to fucking talk to you if you're not an audience member if uh-huh. you're just if you're doing your own thing do your own thing don't come and like complain to me that your people are coming to our thing or whatever it's uh-huh. just it's exhausting and like I want to have a comedy show. Yeah, I don't that want sounds to speak, uncomfortable. I don't want any drama in my comedy show space. You know, no, leave that for the dramedies. Right, but I feel like <laughs> it's all it's all a story you can tell later. Like you're right, it's like fun to like let yeah. people in on that. Yeah, you could <laughs> even do stand up about it. Yeah, if you want, believe me, I feel like uh, the one week that he's not there, I'm going all in. <laughs> I'm going all in. Oh on wow! It. But yeah. So you've been you've been doing stand up, what three years now? Yeah, I think you just hit three years probably the last um, month, right? Yeah, I I I'm pretty certain it's 2019. I feel like it could have been 2018. I'm questioning my age. I'm questioning what year I did things. I am pretty sure it was 2019. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that would have been you know over three years now. Did you in your pre pandemic in that first year? Did you get booked on any shows that weren't your class show? Yes. What was your first um, one? My first one uh, was, what was the name of the show? It was called Haha ha Funny Queer. Have you heard of it? It's at Metropolitan. It's, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his last name. I really hope, because he's booked me on it again. Fuck. I hope he's not listening to this, but Gary. Okay. Goldman. No. Oh God. Did you listen to my last Two Nosy Meerkats episode? When I forgot the names of one of the co-hosts who booked me on my next show, I was trying to promote. Oh, you know, I think I, I think I did. <laughs> they <laughs> made it. Yeah. They made it their own, its own clip, <laughs> and posted. Lucas posted it on his TikTok oh my and God. tagged them <laughs> to be like, "Look, look, he forgot your name." Oh my God, Carson Molnarik, one of the best stand-ups you can see today. <laughs> and if you're listening, Carson, um. I forgot your name because you're you're so funny. Every time I like think of your name, I just like laugh uncontrollably, and I'm like, "Wait, what's his name?" I'm just thinking about how funny he is. <laughs> That's the same way I feel about Gary. I'm just thinking about how funny he is right now. I could mm. never remember his last okay. name. God, I'm like, gosh. Oh, oh, his, his his last name is Haha Queer. That's Haha yeah. Queer of yeah. the Haha Queers. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. famous comedy dynasty. Mm. That's exactly. But I'm really grateful to him for giving me my first opportunity and at the same time i hope he never hears this so what Um, what was the first what was that show like for you uh it was good it it was one of those i don't know about your first well okay taking my first comedy show was the for the class right ended in a show Mm -hmm. that was my first one but after that getting booked for the first time i was so excited 
And a lot of my um, friends came because mm-hmm. that's how it happens the first time. They're like, oh, we got to see. Everyone's going to come see him. And then they never come again. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> I, we all know. Yep. But I mean, you can't expect them to like, you know, if you do a monthly show, in your case, a weekly show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you can expect people to come every single time. I have like comedians. Out here. <laughs> yeah. No, my first my first show, I, I, I think like 35 people showed up to see me on my first ever comedy show. And yeah, it's that's a, awesome. It was six months in. It was ten minutes. I did really well. Uh, they have no idea how good I am now because they just they just won't come to other stuff. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I didn't want to take out my phone on here, but now I'm like, oh, it's in my coat pocket in the other room. I couldn't if I tried to find out his last name. I want to say H, Carrie H. <laughs> that's a, that's how they don't get God. So be real right now. Do I look like such a dick for getting the names of two people who booked me on shows? Uh, not. I won't. I won't say the Gary one only because uh, it's, it was two plus years ago. It was a while and then ago. I did his show again a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you. You got to remember because everyone, everyone in comedy is first name, last name. So like you, you, you do have to remember all I that. Know. I that's. Can you delete this episode? <laughs> Yep, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll schedule another. I'll schedule another guest. Yeah, let's do a redo. Yeah, we'll start at the beginning. We gotta just remember. We gotta hit all the topics up till this point. But you'll have looked up what Gary's last name is. And then Hanson. Hanson. Maybe. <laughs> here, here. I'll do you a favor. I'll pop open Instagram and I'll search Gary. Can you edit all of this. <laughs> let's see, Gary. Uh, we got Gary Goldman. No. Gary Garcia. No. Uh, Gary, oh my god. Type Gary H. Gary H. Uh, Holt? No. Hughes? No. Henderson? No. These are all blue checkmark people. We've got to stop. Yeah, no, I, uh, um... We've got to let this go. Ooh, yeah. I'm no, sorry, Gary. I don't, no, I, I don't have any mutuals with any Gary. <laughs> wow. Such a shame. I'm, I'm really ashamed of myself, honestly. You're a it's leech. so embarrassing. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> you're gonna be a fam- like you're like one day you're gonna blow up, be a famous comic. You'll be in like a Let's fucking see. Joe Rogan esque, not not specifically Joe Rogan. You'll <laughs> I'm be in, turn like, into Joe Rogan. You'll be like you'll be interviewed on some like famous fucking thing, and they'll be like, man, they'll be like, what was your first show like? Man, it was so long. And you're like, I want to give a shout out to G- George. <laughs> Just totally forget. <laughs> if it helps my case at all, I, I, I see him pretty infrequently. Like, I hadn't seen him at a mic in a very long time. But, I mean, he did book me twice. Mm. And he's the only person who's booked me twice. God. Only person that's booked you twice? Someone's going to be mad at me and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's true. Wow. Damn. They don't, they don't bring me back because I forget their names. Did I? <laughs> You've done my show, right? No. Are you serious? I'm sorry you had to find out this way. Okay, I'll get you on. That's no. okay. It's okay. I no got pressure. you. I got you. You don't owe me anything. You know, what? I literally when I was asking you to do this episode. What's your last name again? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> when I was asking you to do this episode, I had to scroll down through my episodes because I thought I had booked, had done this already with you. That's okay. Did There's it? so many comics out there. It's fine. Okay. I get it. Okay. I could have sworn I booked you on Two Virgins at some point. That's but... okay. Hey, I haven't been to your show. If that's any... um. You... Oh, my God. 
Okay. If that's any I, consolation, if that makes us equal in any way. This is totally like a Mandela effect moment for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you thought I'd been also. I thought I had booked you and I thought you had come by. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Maxim. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll book you. Bring your 25 friends or whatever. Yeah, I need to I need to spend the rest of this podcast redeeming myself, I think. Okay, so how'd your first show? We need to book you. Oh, we yeah. were talking about it the other day. It's like, oh, yeah, we haven't had Maxim. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you're on our list now. That, that's It'll amazing. Happen. We'll spot trade right after this podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Have you ever actually like said to someone, hey, let's spot trade? I've never offered, but I did get an offer recently. Right after you booked someone? Yeah, it, it was sort of like, it's sort of like um, they were like, hey, I'd love to do your show sometime. You guys like are familiar with me. Like, here's a tape if you want. But I'd also like to have you guys in the show. So it was like a... It was like a ask with a tape, but they also straight up were like, I want to have you guys on mine too. And this is a very cool person that I would have said yes to yeah. anyway. Like it it did the them them booking us is just like, oh, that's a nice little bonus. Cause I would have just said yes. I'd been like, Yeah, of course. Like you're cool. Whatever. But I have never propositioned a spot trade directly. I see. Yeah, I wonder if that actually like I mean, I guess it must happen. I just, I, I feel like I would never, I'd be, I'd never be like, uh, you know, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, basically. I've never. I, I just feel like. I mean, I've, I, I have, but I never. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's an unspoken thing. It's like you, if you book someone, then some point down the line, they will book you. It doesn't have to be right away, but they should. I don't have any expectations point. of anyone. Okay. Honestly, honestly. Sorry. I mean, I mean, not sorry. Like, I mean, I, no one, no one owes me anything. If yeah. I have you on your show, it's not because I expect you'll book me. It's because I think you'll be good in the show. Yeah. Um, but I get it. I get it. Um, I get like the, the like idea behind that. And I, I understand it, but it's all, it's like at a certain level. It's like everyone you're booking is like your friend in some way. So it kind of yeah. becomes like a, sometimes, Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, I hate everyone I've ever booked. <laughs> you, you, you guys also book like some some bigger people. Sometimes we yeah. do, yeah. I mean, we book people we know personally, and we book people we like are a fan of. Mm-hmm. Whether that be like even in just the comedy scene, and like have literally done mics to them, but don't personally know them. Like we mm-hmm. could still book you if we think you're really funny. And sometimes, if even if they don't do open mics, and they might be more of a name, like if we think you're. You know, if we look look up to you and like your comedy, like we'll ask you to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I feel like everyone does that differently. Some people yeah. like exclusively book people that they've like know and met and like hung out with, and some people exclusively don't book those people and mm-hmm. only book if you've had like you know um, a late night credit or something. Some people only book show producers too. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, so how'd you get in Cannon. your first? Gary Hannon. Hannon? No. <laughs> I'm very confident. Gary Hannon, you are you are genuinely funny and I'm very sorry. I, I don't I don't see you very often and you know that and I owe you more and I sincerely apologize. Um or another option for you, Maxim, is to edit all of those mentions out so we never know it happened in the first place. <laughs> or you could give a big shout out to Gary Hannon. Big shout out to Gary Hannon. <laughs> so when he booked you the first time, how did he find you? Uh, th- through doing the only queer-oriented mic that I knew of in Manhattan that I don't think exists anymore is at the Duplex. Well, what was that one called? <laughs> Suddenly Stand Up. It was called Suddenly okay, Stand Up. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I'm uh, like, I guess I only actually know of like 
one and a half. Like I know, like obviously fire starters. I mean, you're not one. searching them out. You're not like yeah. I'm not the there are demographic. You like search them out and be like, oh come on, I can do it. Let me do it. <laughs> that pisses me off. So <laughs> there was there was one time where I went to. I was doing this is like a while back, and I was doing a mic. This is pre-pandemic at Eastville, and after that was Fire Starters, mm-hmm. and Lee was doing the mic I was on, and then she was going to do Fire Starters, uh-huh. and we were kind of friends with Alex Kim at the time. Yeah, and she was like, "Hey, can like I was?" She was like, "You should do the mic." I was like, "I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to do it." And then she asked Alex Kim for me, and he's like, "And she, he was like, yeah, I guess that's fine. You can go at the end, whatever." And then he was like, "I'm going to check in with Divya," and Divya was like. No, and I was like, I respect that, but also yeah. I, I would have appreciated if you just didn't even ask because I don't want to squeeze in and be that person. Yeah, you know? I I definitely like uh, as a queer person understand the need for them because I used mm-hmm. to go to a mic that was by a different name, but it was at the same time mm-hmm. and place as that one, and that's actually where I started to meet a lot of my friends and connected with Gabby specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never been to one like that before. I did go to the one of the duplex, but that one wasn't exclusively queer. It was just sort of queer oriented. In fact, one time this guy came on. The straight guy, Uh-oh. and he he was saying like the f slur a lot, and the the host, and he was drunk, and the host like got in a fight with him and tried to get him off the mic, and he didn't want to get off the mic. Whoa! I think he was talking about like AIDS and like saying faggot. <laughs> ah. Can you imagine? But just like that other woman we spoke of before, it makes for an interesting story. I one time had a had a dude <laughs> get on stage at a this pre-pandemic open mic. He went up and a, a female comic had gone right before him. And then this dude was clearly like a like I'd never seen this guy before. He was like our age. He goes up on stage and is basically like sexually harassing every female in the room. Oh, Just saying like horrible shit. And I couldn't believe it. It was like and when I went up, I was like, Yeah, dude, you are never fucking coming back. Like, don't come back. You're you're never welcome here again. Straight up, like some people, I think they get get it in their head that because you got a microphone, you can say whatever. Yeah, and that's what stand up is to some people. I really, I have a really hard time, I guess, understanding some people who you know, I guess, have that mentality. I also don't understand the uh, straight guys who squeeze their way into women's LGBT only mics. <laughs> <laughs> i just like um you know our mic we we want to be like friendly to everyone but to yeah. us it's about like i don't know we've never had to say to someone leave and never come back right um but um yeah we it's it's definitely in there there are different worlds of, yeah. of mics completely different worlds one thing i liked about Anne hathaway is like it is a blend of people or mostly. I listened to that podcast yeah. with Benny where you talked about your mm. riff on Man Hathaway Presents because yeah. that one day we just happened to have so many men. Yeah. Um, which is like <laughs> not not super common for us. And I appreciated that you shouted out the mic too during that. Of course. I love it. But that week was weird. Uh, it Just because like when the, I feel like when the it's when it's a blended up crowd, it is more fun yeah. to do. And then when it's just a bunch of fucking dudes, it kind of it kind of drops it like a tear. It's like, okay, like mm-hmm. the energy is weird in here. <laughs> so, I think it picked up later on, but I don't know. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. At this point we've established my memory is absolute shit and I should get a new brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should get a brain transplant, honestly. Annie who? Annie Annie, I have dementia. H? I'm sorry. Annie Hancock. <laughs> Annie Hancock presents. <laughs> Annie Hancock presents. <laughs> 
That sounds great. Sounds that would be. Uh, we got to start a side mic. Yeah, Annie there you Han- go. And everyone's like, "Who's Annie Can- Hancock?" And we're like, "Not. It's not important." Be like, actually, it's a show up, go up, uh, capped at one hundred people. Everyone gets five minutes, and it's uh, it's a uh, fully five bucket. minutes, a hundred people, <laughs> fully bucket. We just, we just, the whole mic is thus like moving our hand in the bucket of a of a hundred names, like just rifling through the names, never pulling one out, just <laughs> <laughs> tossing them around a bit. You set up a mic that's at the same time as your mic to divert the crowd away from we actually mic. did a bit that annie made a rival mic at one point <laughs> called uh, uh, aaron and gabby presents <laughs> <laughs> and she did it in like california or something but at the same time i don't know if this is true but i feel like you guys to me are the original mic of celebrity name presents mic slash show that is true okay and we appreciate all the other mics and shows that have done that <laughs> No, I mean, I, I I have been to all of them. I've been to the Steve Martin Presents show. I've been to Jerry Seinfeld Presents. Um, I know there's another one that haven't hasn't. I don't think it's found a venue yet. But Princess Bride Presents. No, is that, wait, is that Sorry. real? No, Princess Bride is that one? That's not an Anne Hathaway. No, I don't movie. think no. so. What am I thinking of? The one where Anne Hathaway plays a princess. The Princess Diaries Presents. I don't know. I don't know if that is a thing. I, a do, I would want to know honestly it, if that is if that is one of them. But like, I mean, I, I appreciate be, that I was people joke, find. Oh, it would be funny. Oh if there, my god, I'm very gullible. It would be funny if there was an <laughs> Anne Hathaway presents Mike that was just a character that Anne Hathaway pre- plays presents. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that would be funny. But I mean, I appreciate that people find that idea funny. It, it is funny. <laughs> I originally my my idea for what the um the two virgins comedy should be called was uh my my strongest name pitch was everybody but jerry kind of like uh oh yeah a bunch of comedians it's never gonna be jerry Seinfeld, uh, yeah you can guarantee but, that that's a funny premise but david was like what about two virgins and that's then we laughed very about david. it so. He, he's so funny <laughs> yeah but um yeah we went through a few names we had like a meeting to discuss a name because a lot of the mics at the pit at that time they just didn't have a name it was like oh this is like the wednesday at six o'clock i think that was our first time slot wednesday at six uh, very few of them had names there people didn't really brand them like we made an instagram after maybe a few months of having it there um and that they people didn't really do that at the pit mm. but obviously we found like a brand for ourselves over the years but we came in with a name i think some of the other ideas we threw out there my friends from college like really like this one <laughs> i don't know if it's like funny or not but <laughs> open yike <laughs> oh my god <laughs> open yike Okay, I will say both Open Yike and Anne Hathaway Presents were my ideas. So the range, mm. there's, a, there's a big range there. And then I think Gabby brought in Flat Earthers Only, which we were <laughs> considering. We thought of this. We, I think that's funny. But we did start to worry, and I think this would have happened, that we would have got some actual a Flat Earth audience for real. Yeah. And that's why we didn't do that. Yeah. Um, but, of, of course, also Annie reached out to us and was like, yeah, I want to do this. So she That was a big part it, yeah. of it. You know what you should do? You, on, like, near Halloween, you should just be like, Anne Hathaway presents an open yike. You should, like, combine <laughs> them. How do you... Explain to me in words, in 20 words or less, how you feel about the name o- Open Yike and what it incites in you. And um, then I'm expecting a five-page essay on it by tomorrow. Five paragraph, <laughs> rather. Um, it's a, uh, it's fun. I think it's uh-huh. like it's 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 bordering on nondescript. Uh. It's not. It like Anne Hathaway presents is like mm. it's a brand. Open yike 
not a brand. That's You're like right. something that you riff on at the mic when no one laughs. I'm like open mic, yeah. more like open yike. Like ooh, ooh. I in my head, <laughs> in my head, I always call them open Michaels, but I don't say that out loud very often. I think there <laughs> has been open mics called open microphone, open Michelle. I believe there's been an one called open Michael. I don't think I've been to any of those, but I think those are names I've heard in passing of mics. I don't know if they were all in New York or not, but I think those have all been used. I feel like it would be fun to compile a list of every open mic name that's ever been. That's ever ever been. Even now, I feel like if I like really use my com like our comedy network and like stretched and made a public spreadsheet or a Google form that was like, what's the name of your open mic and what city is it in? And we just got a huge database. There is one for New York. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of them, but. There is one that um, Oscar Ayadin um, has. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I'm pronouncing his last name Aiden. correctly. Aiden, thank you. Um, yeah, have you ever seen that? It's it's mm-hmm. very helpful and it's very big. It's good. Um, I, w- I would just be curious about the naming conventions of mics. Not necessarily like scheduling, but like what what people have decided to call all their mics and shows, you know? Yeah. I, I would know. be interested too. Maybe let's, I'll do that. Let's make an investigative journalism piece to find every mic that ever has and will exist it'd be cool we're finding ones in the future too we're time traveling Ooh, we are using <laughs> we're using the data of past open mics to ex- extrapolate and interpret what the future of open mics oh yeah look like where some they that there we know there is a formula mm-hmm. that proves everything that has and will be done mm-hmm. and we have to find that and uh humans are robots yes that is the hypothesis yeah. behind this. If we compile all the open mic and show names, we uh-huh. could actually predict the future by seeing through the matrix code. We're going to see through the matrix. That's exactly I've never seen the matrix. Can you believe that? Really? Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> I was meaning to recently and then I didn't. <laughs> the fir- just you only got to watch the first one, but I've heard mixed things about the new one, unfortunately. The new one kind of sucks, but the the first one is like truly like a it's a how- classic. It's a epic gamer moment. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you're getting me into it in that way. Yeah, I will. Like, it's just, it's so fucking good. It's like, I mean, I believe it. I believe the hype. People left the theaters in 1999, like distraught because of what wow. it implied. That sounds powerful. <laughs> so, kind of, kind of like Requiem for a Dream. You know, you ever see that one? I don't think so. I know, I it's know, okay. I know, I know. I, I am that not. Sad. I feel like I need to see more movies, unfortunately. It's okay. I'm that guy to a lot of people, too. Do you ever find... One that hasn't seen a lot of stuff? Like, if you ever make friends with, like, a film person, and they start, like, listening off facts, and you're like... Yeah, Sylvie. <laughs> I, I learned so much about oh, A24 yeah? through Sylvie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvie is Gabby's girlfriend. Yes. So, okay. Nice. That's uh, a good, like... I was like, I had no idea there were so many A24 movies. I felt like I'd seen a lot of them. <laughs> I just learned recently, A24 is just a distribution company. It is. Company. It's not like a, yeah. I don't know. They what just take dis- movies that they like and I guess think are in their vibe and then they put them out there. Whoa. Interesting. I don't know. But this isn't a podcast about film. I'll get a film it's nerd not? on later. I mean, it will be probably on a later episode. Where- what, I'm not a film nerd? I've never seen The Matrix <laughs> and I'm not a film nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not, a, not no longer a film Gosh, nerd. Gosh, my whole identity is coming, falling down. It's crashing. It's, I'm losing my <laughs> sense of myself completely. You're just a Anne Hathaway aficionado. That's you're your right. film database. I know. I don't even know a ton about her. Really? Well, okay. I mean, I've seen 
probably as much of her movies as like an average person, but I haven't seen all of her movies. Mm. I figured you would have because every time that I would do the Zoom mic sign up and there'd be like a new picture at the bottom and the question. I'm assuming you put together the Google form, right? Yeah, both of us do. Oh, but you both do. Okay. Yeah. So Gabby has probably seen some Anne Hathaway movies. I have not as well. And then Annie's seen all of her movies. Okay. I, I always was like, someone is like clearly an Anne Hathaway fan here. I think it's just our combined knowledge makes one Anne Hathaway fan. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I, I do still consider myself a fan. I think she's a she's a really good actress. I just think it would be funny if she did stand up. That's all. I think you guys with your mic are probably more of a fan of Anne Hathaway than ever, any any other individual in the world, except for maybe her husband and her family or whatever. If she has a husband, I don't know. Yeah, she's married. She has a she has a kid as well. Okay, so you're more of, more of a fan than most people because they would a not fan know Hathaway. That. A fan Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, back to questions. Oh uh, yeah, should I interview you too? I mean, I understand <laughs> that the vibe of this podcast is you interview the guests, but I don't know. That doesn't feel like a two way. No, it's okay. Fifty Cent told me to shut up this week, so I'm trying to be extra diligent about okay. asking questions and staying on track. You can ask me questions too. It's fine. Okay. Whenever a guest asks me a question, I'm like, oh, wow. You... <laughs> it's like a little so tree. Maxim. It's like, whoa. <laughs> so, Maxim, um, why do you deserve to die by 50 Cent's hand? I always figured I'd die by drowning. But, you know, I guess 50 Cent, as we have seen. He could drown you. He could drown me. Uh, and as we and saw, why do you deserve that? As we saw in the Super Bowl, <laughs> uh, 50 Cent is. the Super Bowl. The halftime show he got. I mean, he, it's obviously been like twenty years since he made it big. Fifty Cent is thick now. He, oh, really? I feel like, I don't know how tall he is, but if he's my same height, he could fuck me up. Like he's fucking kind of really kind of like like Jack Dad. Like I won't say he's like ripped, but he's like he looks wow. like you could throw like a a rock at him and it would just bounce off. I don't know. Wow. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> so when you're so you you get on your first show, how does your first show go? It was really good, but also I had like I don't know at least ten friends there, so mm. like, and they were front row. I mean, that's kind of I think it's stereotypical experience. Like, oh, your first like booked comedy show with Gary Hannon from um haha funny queer at Metropolitan Bar where he works. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really got to redeem myself anyway it was good it was a good it was a good yeah i don't remember what my second one was mm. after that what i mean did you have what happened have, eventually did you have many pre-pandemic or just like a couple or um i had a few i did one that was a fundraiser for a web series that some friends were college mm-hmm. for trying to, and that was really funny or fun because um a lot of them from people from my college hadn't seen me in a while uh, those specific people and they'd never seen me do stand up. Right. And I wasn't like, there were improv stars in my school. There were such stars in my school. Like I never made, I auditioned for an improv team once and it's not like I was an expert improv person. I auditioned for the sketch team once and I didn't really know how to do sketch. Mm-hmm. So like, of course I didn't make either of them. Right. But it was funny to, cause, cause I didn't, I got a lot of comedic roles and plays so I could sort of like show my comedic chops that way, but they didn't get to see what, I've now established that I'm like good at. So it was a mm. kind of fun thing. Mm. It almost felt like the high school reunion moment where you say you come back to like your um, high school um, and like sh- show off 
I don't know. I, I feel like this sounds a little bit arrogant, but it. I don't know what they were expecting of me, and it went really well. Nice. So, I mean, that's a cool feeling. You, like, won. I feel like I won. Not that, not that they were all, like, rooting against me. I have, like, a good relationship with all of them. I just think they were probably surprised. Yeah. Um, that's which cool, is a cool though. feeling. It's good to not, like, especially if that you did well. If you, like, bombed. Yeah, I would never ooh. show my face again. Yeah. I'd never go back to my college. Never hit yeah. up anyone from my college. That, that'd I'm be kidding. over. I don't know. Nah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be fine. I'd move on. <laughs> I'd move on because it happens. But um, yeah, it went well. I also did um, Yas Fest. Um, are you familiar? It's like mm-hmm. a queer comedy festival through Broadway Comedy Club. And that was my first like festival. Mm. Um, and I and I did I did well. I was a finalist. I think I got a lot of moments of like ego inflation that helped me keep going with it. Because otherwise, I think... Um, I, I probably would have I don't know I I, I I need other people to believe in me for me <laughs> <laughs> I, I I agree with that quite a bit I think my first like year of stand-up I had like two or three like big high moments that were like nice I can I could do this and now I'm just fully running on fumes <laughs> two yeah. and a half years on running on fumes <laughs> yeah definitely it's good to have those moments though um so when did did is this Anne Hathaway show the first show you've produced? Um, yeah, this really, is my first time producing. Well, we're still learning it. I think this upcoming show is going to be our, I think, fourth one. Mm. And there's still things I'm like learning about producing a show. Like, what has been challenging so far? Um, getting people to come. <laughs> I mean, you have to really having a weekly show. I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, we are fully flying by the seat of our pants every single that week. That sounds so stressful. It How is. Do you do that? Because I don't worry about it until Tuesday, and then on Tuesday, then I worry about it. <laughs> what day of the week is it on? Tuesday. Do you make the lineup on Tuesday? No. I mean, I oh, make, okay. we make the lineup kind of the weekend When do you before. announce it? We usually announce the lineup on, like, Sunday or Monday. What do you do for promo? We uh, just do... I mean, we're trying to... We just put it on our flyer on Instagram. We tag everybody. They'll share it. If they have friends, they'll come. And then uh, we're, we need to start promoting. Like, I think we need to start using like Instagram ads and stuff and like yeah. being more diligent. We, we do Instagram ads. Mm. Um, I don't know how much it helps yet. And I want to do like a survey of the next show for whoever comes. Like, so who saw yeah. it came because of this? Well, you guys also like, you guys have the benefit of kind of having like uh like a specific kind of audience and tone you go for sure. with your show. Like our show is just a f- I like literally last week we got a bunch of people who were in the bar who ended up coming and watching. That's I, really cool. But they were tough. And I literally oh. leaned over to David. I was like, "We just give people the most like challenging fucking show to do ever." And he's like, "Yeah." Cuz all it is is just like these randos of all ages and backgrounds. And then yeah. it's like, you, well, I yeah. imagine when it's so frequent, like, I don't know if you can commit to like, this is like our like niche because you're just going to run through everyone. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's no, it's there are people who are excellent comedians who have bombed so hard at our show. And I feel bad because I know if I was in their position, I'd be like pretty upset about it. But in I my think mind, bombing at a show is extra hits harder. Yeah. But I bomb at my show every week and it's fine. I don't bomb bomb, but I'm sure you don't. Come on. It's just like when you, you know what you're doing. When you book yourself, there's no risk. And the thing is, when I book someone I know is good, 
and they bomb, I I know how my show is. I don't actually hold it against them. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll have you back sometime. Like you doing badly this one time because the crowd fucking sucks like earnestly <laughs> yeah. is not going to like yeah hurt anything. Yeah. So Absolutely. Cuz that's what That makes sense. When I bomb, that's what I'm like concerned about. Is like I feel like one, it's like okay, I could have done better. Two, it's like, oh, someone booked me because they believed I was funny and now I'm bombing. And so I feel like a lot of the guilt comes from the other comedians where I'm like, I feel like I let them down because they think I'm funny, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I No, I definitely understand that. But every every show right now is having trouble getting people to it for the most part. That's got to be hard. I mean, we feel the same way and we're, we're monthly because it, it's if it comes together and there's a decent sized crowd, it's usually at like the last second. Yeah. Yeah. At least in our experience. Mm-hmm. That's kind of same for us. Yeah. We've been starting late and then when we start late, just miraculously like ten people will show up. Yeah. It's weird. So I don't we have a show next Wednesday, so fingers crossed. I know this won't come out by then, but like we'll see what happens because right it now I don't know. I know we have four it's tickets out on Tuesday. sold. Oh wow. So if you're doing anything tomorrow, <laughs> uh QED nine o'clock uh next Wednesday, the twenty third. I think it's the twenty third. Yep. When it, whatever is the day after this comes out. Um, yeah. Emergency alert. I should have read it before I silenced it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. But yeah, uh, go check out their, go check out their show. It'll be fun. But yeah. The, yeah but producing a show is scary. You know, I just thought of, this is a crazy a idea. What? Uh, putting your show on Groupon. I'm listening. I just <laughs> thought of this. Because like Groupon, you can just put up, you can just like start a business like account. I think you can just host shit and be like, yeah, if you come as a group, we'll give you a discount. I feel like I think I we'd know. have to work with QED to do that because they when mm. we do shows to QED, they kind of run the whole like ticket purchasing. Oh. Everything. We even have to email them to be like, oh, what are the tickets at right now? Do they so, promote your show? They do. Nice. Which is a good part. That's of it. awesome. Um, yeah, they w- this is our second time with them. Mm. And we've had our other shows at Pinebox. We've gone back and forth. We're like, those are two good. Fine. Those are good venues, though, because people will just show up there for comedy. Sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And Pinebox is really establishing itself as like. I guess a comedy venue. No, I mean, there's like a mic every day of the week now, and yeah, they're yeah. starting to promote those mics, and oh, now really? they're having more and more comedy shows, and they're having this thing on, I think, March the 1st, where they're doing a comedy roundtable of all the open mic hosts there to talk about comedy, um, which is really interesting. It makes me feel like they're really trying to brand themselves mm-hmm. in this way, which is, I think they've just seen how many people op- these open mics can pull yeah. in. And I, they do pull in a lot of people, like I think all the mics there. They just want to meet Annie. That's it. They're doing round table. Annie's got a show. funny, funny story. Guess what? Her brother used to do open mics at Pine Box. That's no what way. They told us. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Wow. But yeah, that's that's sick. Because like when you actually have the venue like working with you, that's when like good things happen. I agree. You know? Yeah. Totally. Like I'm in a venue is completely hands off for us. Like. It, and they're they're chill. I really like the two bartenders chill that are good. frequently. Chill is important. And they just like, you know, they'll come upstairs, turn the lights on for us, give us a mic stand, and then they just let us do our thing. And I'm like, yeah. dope. And they're friendly. But if I'm ever at a venue and I have a show there and they promote the show with us, I'd be like, you guys are angels. You don't have to do this, you know? You can just let this bomb. That's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. I, I think it's that. I think that kind of relationship can be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just all depends on what you're going for and how you work and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's cool, though. Words. Mic round table. I wouldn't, I, 
I kind of figured Pinebox was always just into the comedy thing because they've always. I don't know. Had so Maybe many. they were. I I feel like I only know about them from this mic that used to exist called I Found It, and then I later found out there were mics actually other days of the week too. I didn't even know that. I found um, it was Thursdays, right? Yeah, I would go to the Wednesday one there. Which was the Wednesday? I don't know if it had a name, but yeah. it was hosted by. Oh God, let me make sure I got. It was Pam something, Brian something. Oh, and how the tables have turned! Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, because I don't, I didn't really like bump into them like during the pandemic or post pandemic, so I don't really know them because I was still like new, new, you know. Yeah. But that was one of those like fifty person, everyone gets two and a half wow. bucket mics, but two and a half. Mm-hmm. When you got fifty people, you got to do two and a half. We had fifty people. We did three minutes Whoa, last week. Generous. <laughs> It was three hours. I left before it was over. Gabby finished it. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I mean, we we had an agreement that I had like plans or whatever. But um, yeah, you, you guys are hard capping thirty five now, right? We did that yesterday, right? And can you believe it was it was thirty six people who came and then one person left? Can you believe? It was like they like knew somehow people who decided to go like knew, (laughs) Um, but yeah. But there's also this uh, this open mic which I'm I'm sure is great. We can't go to it. um, Called Bet that is every other week during ours. And when Mm. it's Bet Week, um, it's Aiden Dunn and Jesse Ballard. When it's Bet Week, we're like, okay, we know that we're gonna have some of the people off our hands. I just think there's not a lot of competition for Friday mics. Yeah, yeah, Um, that's true. I think uh, we're we're on pause for Wobbly Ladder right now. Just. I was going to ask, up. actually, I figured because it was cold as I came here, I was like, oh, yeah, um, wobbly ladder. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably cold. It's yeah. probably not going on right now. Too cold to have a backyard mic. Although it's warming up. Mm. Scary, but true. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> definitely scary. Definitely true. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping we can get back to it. But also part of me is like, maybe it's just maybe it's just best if we put this whole thing to bed i don't know i feel like it had a, it had its glory days really? and um why how do you feel about having all these people run through your home it's fine because the truth is is everyone pre-sign pre-signs up and right. uh, so we're not really gambling on strangers right, exactly. that often that's true but i mean how many times does someone sign up and you don't know who they are and will you let them on if like if you don't know who they are uh sometimes sometimes like, like, do you like research them yeah I mean, I guess you showed you're letting people into your home. You sign up with your Instagram. So, like, and if someone if someone vouches for you, you're more likely to get on just because, like, the core of people who would attend are friends. And so if sure. it's like a, oh, I, I got a comic who's in town from this city. Can they come? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, Yeah, so, yeah. But I it's think... It's cool to, to have control over that. It is. It's something we don't we used to do online signups. And yeah. So many people came not knowing there's an online sign up and that's why we changed uh, to in person. You got your hand forced into that. <laughs> I mean, not forced. We could have kept doing the way, but it was just disappointing every time for people to be like, oh, there's the sign up ahead of time. And then walking away It happens mm. so often that we yeah. were like, OK, let's change this. That's true. We do. We're we are switching, though. We're I think when we do continue this, it's going to be like a once a month. And we're basically going to go let, like let like 30 people on. And just make it an event, make it like a party, open mic type deal. So, but yeah, don't like, uh, I, I feel like turning people away at like Pine Box would be kind of a bummer too. It is a bummer. And we do it pretty infrequently and mm-hmm. it sucks when we do. Sorry, I, you're the 36th. 
There's nothing we can do. Well, I mean, that's part of why we shuffle it up now so people don't feel like they have to get an hour early. But mm-hmm. the thing is, like, <laughs> and this is, I don't know, this is going to sound very out of touch to, like, complain about. And we've talked to this about each other, but, like, when so many people come, it's it's it can be stressful because you want to let as many people on as possible. But, uh, yeah, we people sometimes feel like they have to show up an hour early to, like, even make it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want that to have to happen. I There's been, a like, a couple months ago, I did a couple Anne Hathaways that were like that, where it was, like, I get I get there, like, yeah. 30 minutes before. And I'm sorry for packed. that. Like, I, I don't know the best way. And I wish there was a way to, where, like, if you were the person who was there super early, mm. like, you could you could, like, prove like the order of which people got there. Cause that would be an annoying if someone just showed up and like pushes their way through people. Cause mm-hmm. I've heard stories of that happening and yeah, it's gross. And like also the difficulty is, is that if you don't want people to show up an hour early, like the randomization helps with that. Yeah. That's part occurred, of the reason for it, but there's still a cutoff in that. There's still a cutoff. So you still have to, well, be we didn't there. do a cutoff last time. And then we were like, okay, we got it. I mean, the cutoff was 50. We were thinking, well, 50 people aren't going to come. And then literally 50 people came. Oh my God. So it was, I mean, it was fun. It was just too long. That's why LA mics will just do a bucket and be like, okay, the first, the first like 50, like 30 or 40 names get to go up and the rest of you aren't going to make it on. Really? But, Wait, you've been, you've done comedy in LA. But, I really want to hear about that. No, I've, I've just heard about it from other people. Oh, okay. That, that they, it's, so it's the, the open mixing is big then if they're getting that many people. Yeah. I mean, but I think it's like, there's only a few spots so it's like people will all go to one spot, but there's so many people that you will just have to wait to see if you even get on. Yeah. And you, there's a chance you don't get on. That was some, actually me yeah. at Creek in the Cave, I think. I think one of the mics I did there was very, very, you know, had a lot of people. And it was that kind of case where I was waiting to see if I was going to get on. I I would hate that. Okay, imagine driving in traffic for like an hour to go to a mic. Oh, in LA? And oh then, my God. And then they're like, you're not getting on and you just got to go home. <laughs> I mean, that's happened in New York. And I mean, it, it's not the same as driving in traffic, but sometimes you travel really far in the train and because you get really far, you're like late and you have to turn around again. I don't think it happens to me as much these days, but it, it does suck. <laughs> it sucks, sucks when a it lot. happens. To be rejected from an open mic where you made time in your schedule for it yeah exactly and that's what Anne Hathaway is about turning people away at the door <laughs> how often from your perspective as someone who comes like does that do you feel like that happens a lot do you see people like going home with their head down in shame that they like didn't <laughs> no I think I think the people who are hitting a mic on Friday night are kind of like I'm gonna hit a mic before I go watch a show or go to another thing because sure. you're, you're at 545 Sign up starts 5.45. Yeah. try to start at 6, usually a few minutes after that. So that's like a mic you squeeze in before doing your real Friday plan. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine... Do you think there's a mic that's like Friday at 10 p.m.? I bet there is. I feel like there's a mic for every time. There there has to be. There has to be. Like the least attended mic. It's like... <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine committing people. to that, too. I found out the other day that there was... I mean... I, I mean, I guess it's a little bit different and depends on your schedule, but I found out there's a mic that's like Sundays at 10.30 p.m. No way. No yeah. freaking way. I mean, not everyone like works on Mondays. Like people right. have different positions and jobs or whatever. But like, I don't know, something about that, no matter what my work schedule is, like I don't, I don't want to do that. 
I'm sorry to this mic. And I think I remember the hosts, if I remember who they were correctly, were like really cool people, but I'm sorry. If if a mic starts after nine, I'm not going to it. That's really like, I didn't used to be that way. I, d- I didn't know about all the options that there were, but I would go to the creek in the cave at like 1030 and I don't I wouldn't do that anymore. But now that I know a lot more options, too, I just didn't know as many at the time. I mean, pre pandemic, I definitely did that. The creek in the cave, like double feature, like the like the Friday, like uh-huh. 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Uh-huh. I think I recall. But I would be there with Lee. She would go early. And then I would go at the very end uh-huh. and the sign up for the 11 and then she would go early. And then after oh, a couple hours, wow. I'd be like, Not I'm just going to go home. So Not this. <laughs> those were rough. But yeah, I, like now it's like, I mean, a lot of the mics, I go to like four mic, three, two to four mics a week, depending on the week. And I so, was listening to you talk about this with uh, Benny, and I was yeah. very interested because that uh, number is very different for everyone for what yeah. they feel they have to do. Because um, Alex Kim commits to performing if he can every day, every day, wow, every day. And I talked to him about this a lot. I'm like, how do you, how do you do this? And I've went through phases of like, well, I need to be doing that. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing all that mm. I can. And honestly, I, I really liked hearing Benny affirm that, like, I mean, not everyone is Benny Feldman at the same time, but it was cool to hear someone like him who, you know, is very good at what he does mm-hmm. and is, you know, has success in, you know, our circles and whatnot to say he did. It's like, oh, I might do like one or two, if any. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Okay. I mean, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, oh, it's snowing. <laughs> oh, wow. It is snowing. It's pretty. If you think I'm going to turn this camera, listeners, you're fucking crazy, all right? Listeners, <laughs> just imagine the snow right now as we say this. They're nice wide flakes, roughly the size of a uh, a dime. Yeah, some of them are kind of dime-like. They're pretty big. It's very fluffy. Hey, question for you. Hmm. List the coins in order of size. In order of size? Can you do it? I don't feel like I can. I deal with... Okay. coins so infrequently only the only coin everyone i don't you like use a lot of cash i feel like the only coin people use the most is like quarters yeah because i guess i guess like i guess it would be quarter nickel penny dime and then the 50 cent piece if you were using that would be larger than a quarter but that's not how it works the dollar right? is large is smaller than a Isn't quarter. A nickel bigger than a quarter i mean no. it's 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 it's, gir- it's thicker it's like girthier okay. it's weird but, but anyway Sorry. Uh, to, <laughs> what I was saying was, I'm all. I feel like I'm always somewhere in between. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like whatever I'm doing is not enough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm feeling like, well, that isn't necessary. I need to live my life too. And I constantly go between the two of yeah. like, I'm not doing enough, or I'm doing a fine amount. Mm-hmm. It's my barometer for like, if what I'm doing is enough is constantly changing. I get that. Um, I feel like. I I always felt like I wasn't doing enough until I started two virgins because then if I do two mics in a week I'm always doing a ten minute spot at my show so it just becomes like oh the ten minute spot is like essentially like two to three open mics and I get an audience so it's like that kind of alleviated that like oh I'm not doing enough mics shit, yeah you know I mean I guess that is the upside of having that weekly show when I first found out that weekly shows even existed. Honestly, I don't know if I, when I first heard about your show, if I had heard of anyone doing a weekly show. I, okay, maybe I had, but I was like, wow, how do they do that? That's so wild. Because 
to me, like I enjoy doing it, but like planning a show is stressful. But also I feel like the difference in doing it a week is that we feel like we have to do promo for maybe two to three weeks for, right. for one show. You're investing in the promotion and the marketing. Yeah. We are fully not doing that. Yeah, you Ooh. see we make like these photoshops for like all the comics that we've had and that can take time. And then we think of different venues to promote and different ways to promote. Yeah, we put a lot of work into it. But it's good if you have like, if you have like a monthly show where when that monthly show happens, you have a decent, cool audience and you have fun every time. Usually. Usually. I mean, even monthly, you can't guarantee like a packed room every time. Definitely not. Um, And if anyone is doing that out there, I bet someone is. Tell me your secrets. (laughs) Tell me what you're doing. Every time. Give me your heart and soul. I feel so like I this is it. this is like the comedy talk. Like once you get a few years in, everyone is just asking everyone else, "How did you get people in here?" And no one has a better answer than any other person. Yeah, like it's true. There's not like a website you can sign up for and pay seven dollars a month to have always twenty five people at your show. You know? Wow! <laughs> wow! What a concept! What a concept that is. I was joking with uh, David that we should do uh, we should do like a super group show where all we do is we only book people that we know have a lot of friends and they always bring friends and they do comedy uh... shows. Just like one week, just pack it out, like book everyone that like we've ever had that brought two or more people. It's not a bringer. It's not a bringer. But we know it is. I went to... <laughs> There's a new show called um, Hellphone Comedy Hour mm-hmm. with Caroline Dunn, uh, Bridget Foley, and Clara Olshansky. Great job. Last um, names. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, I, I do know them. And, um, you know, I, as I said about Gary, I just don't see him very frequently. And I, and I see them a lot. I, I'm sorry. That is the way it is. And we are moving on from this. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I remembered his name. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I met some of Clara's friends who plan have gone to everyone thus far. It's a new show, but they said they still plan on going to every single one. Um, and we've and and I'm sure we will book Clara. They're very funny, and we've talked about it, and it, it will happen. Clara, if you're listening, just know you have a booking at some point. But uh, and if you bring a lot of friends, you got yeah. Another. Just thought like apparently these people <laughs> commit to going to Clara's show, so. I just I just heard the statistics show that if she's if they're on the show, uh, there's going to be far other yeah. people there. I mean, maybe they're more likely to come to the show that Clara produces, but I don't know. I really like had a fun time with her friends and I feel like if I DM them, they would come. And that's the that's, that's strategy. But also, like, even before I knew Clara had consistent friends, we were always like, we should have Clara. Um, it's hard. I mean, maybe it's different for you because it's like weekly. I feel like it can be hard figuring out who you're going to put on the show. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. We it, have a, like a yeah. list of like these people are going to be on eventually. We don't know when, and then we pull from that list usually, and you're on that list. Yeah. But um, it can be hard to decide, and I don't want anyone to feel like why haven't they booked me yet? We know them; we're their friend. You know what I mean? I don't hold it against anybody because like. Our our issue is different in that it's a weekly show, but because me and David are two straight white guys, that we try to like really sure. like make sure it's not like okay, we don't want we want to make sure that it's not just you don't want a homogenous show, not just all white people. Like we uh-huh. want to have like a variety and we want to mix it up. And so I mean, I think 
but we no all... matter the makeup of the two hosts, I think that's something that you know most show producers have in mind. Absolutely. You don't want a show of like everyone is you know coming from like the same place. You yeah. don't want that. But it's also hard because like a lot of our friends are also straight white guys. <laughs> so what happens is like our booking spreadsheet is like next week full, the week after minus one person, and then it like shrinks, and then there's just a line of straight white dudes across the weeks. Because mm-hmm. that's like the one slot. Like, if I'm like, oh, I got to book you, dude, I just look to the end, like whatever the next show is that we don't already have one booked. So, wow, it, that's it's interesting like that out. that's the way you think about it. Cause I don't know, if it were me, I, I would feel like, you know, there doesn't have to just be one slot for that. I, it depends on what you're trying to do with the lineup. But like, I understand, like, I get it. This week, this week, I think is like just by what happened, like, we just ended up with like, I think we had booked three dudes this time. We only usually book. Two, we usually do two men, two women. Sounds like a formula to me. It the, <laughs> at, at a baseline, it's two men, two women, and then we will sometimes have an extra of those. And then, but we we try to shake it up. And sometimes it's just like fuck. Like I'll book someone. Dave will book someone. I'll book someone. Dave will book. And then I'll look at the list we put together. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it looks like we didn't even try. <laughs> it also can be hard to. I mean. Gabby is generally very agreeable on the same page about like who we want to book, but like when you're doing with another person too, it's like you have to make sure both people are on the same page. It's like, yes, yes. this is the exact combination of people that we want, which which can be hard. Mm-hmm. I think we generally agreed with. I don't think there's been very many instances of one of us saying to the other, "I really want to have this person," and the other person being like, "No." Yeah, I think that's only happened very few times. That's good though, but also like you guys because monthly. You can spend more time like curating a lineup and be like, "What? Do, what's the vibe? We got some like, yeah, here's yeah, the energy differences." Yeah, I think between these I think people. pretty much anyone could work with with any combination mm-hmm. of people, and that, that's something I'm still figuring out too. Is like, you know, everything good? Yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure. Did that... the camera turn off? No. <laughs> oh no, my god, <laughs> we've just lost everything, and I'd be like, "Good." One hour and forty minutes of oh wow <laughs> footage. <laughs> wow. Yeah, has that happened to you? Uh. I lost all of Benny Feldman's footage. Really? After I uploaded and recorded everything. So I went back to do the clip and all the raw footage was just gone. Oh, wow. And I think I just messed up my file transfer process somewhere. But, but I, it's out there so you just couldn't make a clip from it. Right. I I had the full I had the full episode with like the little subscribe and the uh-huh. um, handle and like the theme songs on it. So I, I still had that. I just didn't have the raw footage that I shot that I was that I typically use, but not a big deal. Can it be real? I don't know exactly what you mean by that. Do you mean you didn't have the visuals? This is something the right. listeners so, really want to hear. So like <laughs> this this right now is just video with the unedited audio going into the GoPro. And then that footage I use for the clip because it doesn't have like shit on the screen. It doesn't have extra stuff on the video. Very inside so, baseball here we're getting here. It definitely is. I almost the bought a podcast. I almost got a second GoPro this week for the second camera angle, but then I thought I should be grateful for what I have and make it work and not just go right in on another camera. Well, so if you're making it if you're making it work, then you're making it work. It and you can quote good. me on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like show booking is like I feel like it it can be challenging, but there what what's nice is like typically you have a co-producer who you are friends with and you get along with and you kind of are both on the same page about who you would never book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think more often than not we we align 
on all of our like yeses and no like we don't want to ever have the you know and if if we don't ever want to have someone it's usually because they're like not a good person yeah yeah because <laughs> i i've like even if someone's comedy isn't clicking with you as for at first i honestly see like people grow they really do so many comics have surprised me mm-hmm. um and yeah so comics out there never give up ever even <laughs> if you're doing so bad every time you should never stop because maybe one day it'll all click mm-hmm. you'll get on Anne hathaway presents <laughs> yeah yeah but i also feel like it's like if you're like being funny is important but being a good person is more important than being funny and yeah it's just if you're a bad person and you're funny you might get booked a little bit but people don't want to i don't know yeah I wouldn't want to book someone who I think is good at stand-up, but is also like proof that they are really bad in some interpersonal sense. Mm-hmm. And that's why Annie has really never had an appearance because like, she's so funny. But like, when you think about like her personality, if mm-hmm. you really know her, if you really know her, I'm sorry, Annie, if you're listening, you know, you're like trouble. She <laughs> threw a drink on someone at the last Pine Box round table. She yeah. did. <laughs> She did. <laughs> this is what I think of the rest of you open mic host. She she yeah. had she had like twenty drinks lined up on a table and she went down the line and went, uh, uh that's what I think of you. That's what I think of you. That's what I think of you. <laughs> the whole room was soaked, sticky mm. with Andy's drinks. And then you and Gabby were there like this. We're like this. We're like, oh, she's having one of her moments. We just have to let her because she's a big movie star and um <laughs> Have you ever had a, a drink thrown on you? No, have you? Mm, like a tiny bit of one but like by a guy at our show who i started this joke with like i've been vegan for eight years and this guy thought he was being funny and he pretended to throw a drink on me but the glass he used still had a little bit in so it kind of <laughs> dribbled down my hoodie Can i tell you i've actually done that really <laughs> as a joke like thinking that my drink was MTV, like oh you silly and <laughs> and actually throwing a drink. not a lot but it's i think it's happened like once or twice I feel like throwing water, getting water thrown at you is like, it sucks, but it's deal, like you can deal with it. But getting like, like you said, sticky, like alcohol, like how do you, well, how do you feel in stains? I am like, if I get a stain in my clothes, it's over. It's done. You'll never see me again. I get so scared if I think something is going to stain me. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but I have to like run away, run to the bathroom and like scrub and scrub and scrub and like, get it out. Uh, um, what's yeah. the line from Macbeth? Um, uh, out damn spot she's like watching her like bloody hands mm. i didn't read you, it. you don't have a theater background do you mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> that's but, cool. well you get the idea i, I don't know it. i i I'm, I'm weirdly like because it's like a scene is there like forever what if i like my shirt yeah i'm <laughs> i'm someone who i don't buy clothes often enough so when i get a stain i'm like fuck and i also don't buy clothes a lot yeah that's part of it for me yeah because i i should i this year i think i'm going to start replacing chunks of my wardrobe because i say i'm going to do that forever i never do and there's just stuff that is sitting in there that i know i haven't worn in like a, a year or two and i won't wear again but i i need i just need to commit to that sometime. i just i worry that i'm a cartoon character sometimes like people see me in the same like four hoodies I all the love, time i love that for you I love that for you. <laughs> I've recently, I think once this week and once last week, wore the same pants two, two days in a row. And I was like, ooh, I'm being bad. I'm being bad. <laughs> People are going to know. They're going to find out. And they're going to say, you're disgusting. Can you really? 
The people who are who claim to that they don't repeat outfits are disgusting, wasteful people. There was this girl who went to my school when I was like middle school. I mean, I'm sure she grew out eventually, but her thing was like, I've never repeated an outfit in my life. I mix and match everything. I've never repeated an outfit. And at the time, I was like impressed, but looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, that is pretty wasteful. You don't need that many clothes. Yeah, you need like eight t-shirts, three to four pants. Eight t-shirts. Is that too few? I maybe I just wear t-shirts a lot. I have more than eight. Okay, I think I'm. Everyone's everyone's line is different. I will say I have <laughs> about fifteen, but seven of them have a stain that like I can only wear this. I probably have fifteen t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are t-shirts that it's like, oh yeah, this is for a hoodie or a sweater. As yeah. I'm wearing something under the sweater right now. Could you believe? <laughs> Can you imagine what I'm wearing under my sweater? A super stained t-shirt. Oh, so no. Just like it's... spaghetti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my spaghetti t-shirt. Um, This is so itchy. This sweater. Really? It looks soft. Yeah, I whispered that. This is ASMR. <laughs> Do you want to hear me itching my sweater? <laughs> you you probably could. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you like ASMR? I don't listen to any of it, no. Really? Have you ever tried? Mm, not in anything more than a jokey way. Yeah. Well, this is something we're not going to connect on then. Really? You're in ASMR? Oh, yeah. Well, I have a lot of insomnia. I have a lot oh, of okay. trouble sleeping. Mm. And it helps sometimes. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be looking at blue light. And I'm like, but some, yeah, sometimes I'll put the, the video down, but have like the headphones on. And yeah. Um, mm. I gotcha. So you're doing like, let's play ASMRs. You're listening to someone play video games. I have done that. Yeah. Yeah, I have done that. I usually like role play stuff. I know that sounds like sexual, but. I'm really into uh, receptionists. Hmm. That's one genre of it. And they're like, oh, like, how, do, how do you spell your name? And then the type, oh, you tell me not to hit the table, but they're, okay. like, they're like typing. And they're typing. They, and they're typing for so long. It's so funny because like, I know that's part of like the sound thing. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, I'm thinking like, I know I have a long name. My mm-hmm. name isn't that long. They're like, oh, and how do you spell that? And then they're typing for like 45 seconds. I'm like, how long is this name? <laughs> but I don't know. The typing does it for me. Hand movements. Did you know that some of it is kind of can be visual for people? That sensation. Hand movements really do. If you if you go in front of me and you're like, hi, Aaron. I'd be like, oh. Whoa. I mean, not quite like that. As I said, it's not sexual for me. People think it is. And maybe it can be for some people. But for me, it's just relaxing. Whoa. that's re- So people moving their hands in front of you is uh-huh. relaxing. Uh-huh. Whoa. So, you know, so like an ultimate relaxation video would be like full, full screen, 4K, someone moving their hands in weird ways and like doing a receptionist voiceover. Yeah, you got it. You nailed me. You've got me to a T. Whoa. You know me in every sense, in every way, and that's the core of my being. <laughs> the, okay, the only ASMR I've ever watched c- to completion is the You're Shopping in Costco ASMR. I haven't seen this one. It was like a, it was like a meme from like 2015. Oh, is it? The only meme uh, ASMR person I know about is the like 15-year-old who like played a flight attendant, and she's like, I'm a bitch. <laughs> you don't know this? She has like red hair. Oh, okay. I think- she's like, oh, you're on this plane? That's a weird thing with ASMR, too. I've, I thought about doing Santa about ASMR for a while. It is kind of funny, but <laughs> I haven't figured out. I don't know my ankle on it, but so many people, it's like their characters that they do. A lot of people do like characters. Mm. People love to be like angry. I don't know if that's something that a lot of people like, but it's like the mean tailor, like bitchy flight attendant. And they're like being mean to you. And I guess that 
kind of does sound kinky. Maybe that is a part of it. Again, not for me. Whoa. Some people. But I'll listen to them and I won't be like, ooh, yeah, say that I'm not your favorite client today. And like, <laughs> <laughs> But hey, I mean, if the quality of the sound, sure. I bet this is not what you thought you were going to be yeah, talking about I'm, I'm today. Because it's like, it's interesting. Because I think... You sh- I think you should talk about it on stage because most people experience with ASMR, especially through comedy. If a comedian jokes about ASMR, it's them doing something quietly. Like, that's it. Do it for I a have second. tried to do that once. It didn't really land. I, I one time, way back in my early days of co- comedy, this is at the period where like I'm so early at comedy, I don't know how to write like a, a proper joke. Mm-hmm. Like I know what what's funny to me, but I don't know how to condense it in the right way. <laughs> so I wrote this whole thing that's like, uh, guys, I wrote an ASMR. It's um, I'm your boyfriend and I scrape your car in the morning for you. <laughs> and it's like this whole thing where I just like turn around and I do like this thing like, okay, babe, I'm going to go. I'm going to get the ice off your windshield. All right. I love you. I'll see you in a little bit. And then I, you can hear the door slamming. And then I go out and I slip on the ice. Ah! <laughs> oh, I love yeah. an unexpected slip. It's so stupid. <laughs> there, <laughs> there is this. Oh, sorry. I no, feel like you were going to say something. No, then I just go. Because <laughs> you can hear me outside the window. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. But we don't drive cars in New York City. So it'd be like, I want to go scrape off your uh, A train for you. And uh, <laughs> make, sure, make sure that the rails are all smooth. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I bet someone's done it. I mm. bet someone has done that. You think that they, 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 they scrape the, the trains? The, the A-trains specifically. Yeah, just the A-trains. It's like how people say there's like a porn for everything. Mm. It's probably an ASMR for a lot of stuff you can think of. Yeah, because I, I feel like, even though you said it's not a sexual thing, I think it's very porn adjacent. It might be for some people. I, I, don't, I don't talk to a lot of people like about this because I feel like, we're 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 made to feel ashamed mm-hmm. as people who love ASMR. We're told that we can't be who we are, and we can't. T- we have to keep it a secret from everyone. This is a video I'm joking, entitled but... <laughs> "ASMR: The Resistance." The... <laughs> we can stand up. We can take. We can. We can stand up, and we can be so not loud and proud, but quiet and proud about who we are. We don't and have to be ashamed. We don't have to be ashamed. You can feel the tingle. You don't have to be ashamed. <laughs> and you can. You can feel it in any way that you like. I bet that that video exists. That w- that thing we were just doing, I bet it exists. That'd be it. Um, honestly, uh, I feel like it'd be dope to interview an ASMR creator on this podcast. You should do it. I have noticed, and I obviously this is a perspective that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I said I, I listened to like uh, a few of your episodes mm-hmm. before coming here because I hadn't heard one in full, and I noticed. Um, you have like the subject that you talk about with mm-hmm. each person and it's like um this person stand up comedy yeah yeah musical comedy 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 <laughs> and i'm not saying this yeah, yeah. as um a read because me coming in i'm like i love hearing these people's perspective on mm-hmm. comedy um and yeah I, I i appreciate that but it would be cool if you had like um an asmr person how do you feel about me saying that? Like I should, yeah, dude, I would love it. Okay, here, here's, here's the, here's the top three that the. Okay, I have now added added ASMR creator to this list. Okay, so that's number three. <laughs> I don't know where you're gonna find one. I've never met one in real life. I'm gonna find one. I'll fucking do you're it. You're gonna go on the hunt. Yeah, and uh, number one is uh, I want to get a b boy so bad. If anyone listening knows a b boy in New York City, 
they, and they've been doing it for more than like two years, I will immediately let I'm them on the podcast. Display my ignorance on blast. What is a b boy? I've heard the term. I've never like looked up or asked someone what it is. Someone who's into break dancing. Oh, because that's like a whole culture and world. I yeah, know it is nothing about. So I bet you be know sick. someone who knows someone. I, I bet I, you do. I must. There has to be a break dancing scene yeah. in the city. So what else do you want? And then my number two, this is like a pretty niche one, but I want to find like a professional, like hobby modeler, like someone who like, like hobby model. So like this shit, right? This is a model kit. It's not an uh, action yes. figure. And there's people who like something this big, kind of like one of these, they'll spend like 200 hours like painting. I learned and that you were into that like, as well through listening to the podcast. Yeah. So like, I want to get someone like that because I love building things. I like following the instructions. Very relaxing. Uh-huh. But I'm not someone who can really like look at something and its instructions and be like, how can I really take this to the next level and make a vision happen? Like, like my creative energy goes out through comedy and like this, I don't channel it into like making little action figures that are hyper detailed. Right. You know, I imagine that takes a lot of work. Right. So that's kind of someone that I would be very interested in. Uh, I think there's going to be more theater people on. So last week, I, I mean, that's person. my background. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done a play in like a couple of years, but that's <laughs> my background. You got one now. Got one now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, last week I had um, one of Lucas's friends on, uh, Margaret. She does sound design for off-Broadway shows. Oh. And I, yeah, I had a roommate who is big on sound design. He does marketing for Broadway now. Whoa. Yeah. That would be cool. He's a really cool guy. If you ever want to have someone with, I guess, a theater perspective and a sound design background, and who has also done stand up mm. and also plays the cello and does performance art, it's a lot. Really cool guy. Shout out to Mark Jablonski. <laughs> You're probably not listening, but shout out to you. Because I like the, the 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 sound design episode. I realized how little I actually know about theater. So I think I want to go on a tear and just get a bunch of theater people on to talk about their specific pieces uh, of it. You know? How did you get into? The same question to you. Like, how did you get into stand-up? Do you have no performance background at all? I know that is common for a lot of people, but every mm-hmm. time I'm like, I wouldn't have felt... I mean, doing this is already, like, scary and in a way uncomfortable, but my, I think having done theater made it that much easier. Maybe it would have been too terrifying otherwise. So I always find, obviously, there's a lot of people who've done theater who get into stand-up, but I learned someone who just got up on stage, and it's mm-hmm. her first time on stage, that's fascinating to me because that's so much scarier in my mind. I, I, yeah, I have no performance background, but I always found that in college, especially in engineering school, I am like, in, as far as engineers go, I am a very standout, like socially gifted one, I'll say. <laughs> I'm, if, if we yes, have, craze yourself. If we have a group project, I will do engineering work, but I will. I will be the one who does the presenting part of the mm. presentation. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. So, like at my first job, I took over like our engineering stand-up meetings because everyone else, like no one, really wanted to, and they're all kind of sure. quiet and like. Yeah. So and you're like a naturally outgoing person, I think. Would you say that? A little bit, I think. I don't you. Know, that's but... the way you seem to me. Okay, that's good. That's good. It's if working. that's what you're going it's for, working. a job well done. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, so there's that, and then like I. Like, I, I know I'm good at public speaking. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of, like, when I started stand-up, what was hard was, like, I'm good at public speaking. I can be funny off the cuff. But how do I speak publicly with the intent of being funny? How do I merge these two things? Yeah. 
and get them to align. Definitely so. a, like a different beast. Not every TED Talker can be a stand-up comedian. Definitely But not. some of them try. I love when they put their little jokes in a TED Talk. And the audience is like, oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's, it's so... It's sometimes so, they're really funny. But sometimes it's just one little joke peppered in here. It's so fucking easy. Because here's the deal. You, <laughs> you, if you present something serious <laughs> to a serious crowd, uh-huh. if you are talking for 10 minutes and you have two punches, one in the middle, one at the end... You are murdering that room. Maxim is so bitter right now about TED Talkers who pepper in one or two. They're like, they get so much for their one or two little jokes, and I'm so out much. here busting my ass. No, I used to, <laughs> I used to like present these things to my like uh, at my first job, like these like engineering designs to my customers. And there was one, this one team of our customer had one team of people I was working with, and this specific team fucking loved my jokes so i would just be presenting and i'd be crushing the whole time and when i started comedy i was like i wish those people were my audience the whole time because they were Uh so good (laughs) but yeah i don't know uh we are way over time i noticed i was like oh your other ones are an hour and a half that means maybe you could um edit some moments out (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you edit but no i don't edit anything except for like the little tail end when i'm shutting these off okay but i I will finish on this uh what in your words what i guess what do you love about stand-up comedy and the comedy world i mean how how can i how can i give just one answer to that there's so many no i mean that honestly Mm -hmm. um like i mean what's not to love like getting to be funny and honestly like if i'm being real like i have that validation (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um but being around like funny people all the time and being inspired by what they do and being able to do something creative and being able to i mean perform there's so many elements also the feeling of even before you present something to an audience when you're like trying to figure out a joke and it feels like a puzzle piece fits because you're like Mm. no wait that's it that's Mm. it and then you're wrong and then you fit another (laughs) because the audience is like what are you talking about Um, (laughs) but yeah i mean i really don't think there's like one answer and maybe that's why Mm. like I feel like I really got bit from the bug right away. I felt like there were so many elements to love about it. And I feel like that's like a corny answer, but I don't know. I'm being sincere. I'm from the heart. Like, what is there to dislike? Um, and yeah. that, well, I'm just, mm-hmm. okay, there's a lot to dislike. But I don't know. <laughs> the pros outweigh the cons for me. Definitely. What is your answer for that? My answer for that is uh, basically your exact same answer. I yeah. feel like me and mm-hmm. you share the same insecurities and need for validation. What? 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 <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like that has to be. I feel like that has to be pretty universal. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I am working in therapy on, like, sort of like, you know, I guess you could say, like, self esteem or feeling like mm. I'm, I'm, I'm being enough on my own without, like, yeah that approval and i can still like do stand up but like know in my heart that like oh i'm i'm like it's still a good person or like funny or whatever regardless of like what other people say about that although with comedy it's like are you funny if you're only funny to yourself I, <laughs> but nope, nope. <laughs> so it's like uh, 
that's another conversation I know over time, but like <laughs> it is very interesting. Like I, I would love to talk to like every comic I've ever met about like, so what do you think about this element of it? Is this why you do it? And there are other elements, but yeah, I mean, I have a lot of insecurities. I get it. I get it. I, I... But I also love doing it. I've always loved right. performing and I find out that I really loved writing and that's really fun for mm-hmm. me. So there are other elements and I'm trying to rely less on the validation of others. Right. But it's like, because there's other parts that I like too. You kind of like that, that. That's what kind of hooks you in a little bit, but yeah. then there's so many other benefits. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, no matter mm-hmm. what kind of perspective you're going like, well, I mean, if you're bombing, it's not fun. I yeah, mean, it can be. I don't know, with the right perspective. Mm. <laughs> my tip to if anyone out there wants to start stand up, just don't bomb. That's it. That's that's my first tip. Don't bomb. That's what I always say. Never write and don't bomb. If you're a United States president listening to this, don't bomb. <laughs> that's my one advice for you. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Too late. <laughs> All right, Aaron, we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> where... Joe Biden is a sniper on your head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where where? Uh, where can people find you? Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter at A-R-A-N underscore A-C. My name is spelled strangely. Um, you can also find Gabby Nye's mic slash show uh, and Hathaway Presents on Instagram. We have a Facebook page too. Whoa. But it's just because we needed to weirdly make one for like the promotion that we do. Mm. And people find it thinking it's an Anne Hathaway account and send us like, ooh, you're such a sexy celebrity. Um, and that's kind of funny. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, those are the places you can find me. A-R-A-N, A-R-A-N underscore E-C, all platforms. And Anne Hathaway presents. Awesome. Yeah. Go, so listeners, go check him out. Uh, go follow him and uh, go to his show. on Twitter. I want more Twitter followers. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. That's a good call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and follow Maxim. Yeah, follow me too, but mostly follow him. Uh, those links will be in the episode description. Uh, Aaron, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you this so much, Maxim. It was really, I had a really great time. And we'll spot trade right after this. Anyway, <laughs> guys, thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.